The following contains spoilers for Final Fantasy VII and Final Fantasy VII Remake. So what else? What else did you want to hit up? I don't know, man. I want like I kind of want to sort of because I know you and I have both like similarly gone down this rabbit hole and just yeah. like fully lost ourselves in this fucking game. So like I I just sort of want to deep dive into like everything. Yeah. Like <laughs> <laughs> um what did, what did you what are you uh referring to in your thing here where you say Zigbar Ocelot? I kind of forget. <laughs> like cuz I was really intrigued think, by that because I feel like you're yeah. you're hitting something here. No, I think my my original thought was I think what I wanted was them to just make the remake kind of how we wanted it to be and then at the end have that Zigbar Ocelot character who's just like post credits like like, by the way we're gonna continue this story we're gonna have we're gonna have a spinoff or a continuation of this some way I thought that would have been really cool instead of hijacking this game I kind of wish they would have put all the Zack shit after the credits yeah like because it just it feels like it really is a thing for the people who already know the story and it really does kind of just say, fuck you, new players. Yeah. Like, you're not really, like... Because you don't know... They don't even, like... If you're not... You could you could potentially be playing that game without subtitles and have no clue who that is. Yeah. Like, the only yeah. re- way you even get the name Zack is by reading the subtitles. And that yeah. gives you enough to think, like, okay, who is Zack? Yeah, it gives you enough to Google like, who Zack is. <laughs> yeah. But, like, for the most part, it's just, like, who is this black-haired cloud? Which I think, was it Maximilian Dude who made the argument that, like, that is a... There is a point in the game where you do sort of hit that that same mystery of, like, who's the black-haired cloud? Like, he yeah. comes out of nowhere. Like, this is fucking me up. Like, but, like, yeah, yeah. it's way... Like, we're we're getting this shit before we've even got to the Nibelheim flashback. Yeah. And like, like, they're ready for this. Yeah, they're showing the end of Crisis Core right after the end of Final Fantasy VII. And it's just like... I really feel like this game is Crisis Core 2. Crisis Core 2? Yeah, more so than Final Fantasy VII 2. I feel like this yeah. is the sequel to Crisis Core. Maybe. But... I... Oh, 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 oh. Another Walmart trio person... I've actually, I've actually figured out ways where I think all the Walmart trio can come back. Yeah. But I am convinced that this is right. When you are fucking wandering the desert in the Corel prison, mm-hmm. and you fucking are running to sandworms, you get saved by Chocobo Sam. Yeah. 100%. Oh, yeah. Like, did Absolutely. that, did, were you thinking that too? The moment you said when you run around the desert, I was like, oh, yeah. Like, I didn't think of that before you said that, but yeah. Like, that's, that's going to be awesome. That's, when that's he's, gotta he's, be. He's, like, it's going to be like you're going to look out over the desert and it's going to be, you know, that mirage. You know, everything's yeah. got that wavy mirage, like, tint to it, the effect to it. And that's and going to be something's, so fun getting lost in the desert and you're just running yeah. in every direction. And, and you're just yeah. completely lost and you're like ru- just running out of hope. And there's and some you super OP sandworm this... that apparently attacks, sometimes attacks you and you can kind of escape. Yeah, and, yeah. And yeah. Then just you just see this like glimmer of like something coming across the, of the way and you're like, what? What is that? And you're like out of, out of water and you're all dried out. And then Chocobo Sam comes in and he's like, Hattie, partner. 
You need a ride. <laughs> that would be so awesome. <laughs> oh man, that's the, that's gonna be great. If and that, if that doesn't a, happen, fuck man. It's I'm a connection so between Don Corneo and uh, Gold Saucer. I'm calling it. Our yeah. our our prediction on that is is right. I think there is a an entertainment hospitality industry mafia in this world, and I think, I think, I think. Don Corneo is pulling the strings on a lot of shit all over the place. Or yeah. he's connected to people. He's connected to, I think, Gold Saucer. And and even the way that, like, Walmart kind of mirrors Gold Saucer and kind of serves as the Gold Saucer of the first game. Yeah. Makes me kind of think that we're supposed to think of, like, these two areas as sort of linked. It's, it's almost like Gold Saucer is Vegas and Walmart's Reno. Yeah, you know, or New Orleans. I get, I get such hard. New the, Orleans. Uh, I get, I get the, the vibe. Yeah, so much from Walmart. Yeah, yeah. No, that yeah, that's probably a better comparison. Because I remember even before, like when I was doing my my when I was doing my live stream, I said that I was like, oh my god, this reminds me so much of New Orleans. And then you came in later, it's even and some, you were like, this like reminds me so much of that you turn around. Yeah, and you just like it. It, it has this almost like. I don't know this like old French style, but then it suddenly goes super seedy, trashy bar. Yeah, and then like a like as many bars as you can physically fit onto a block. <laughs> yeah, like and that's like that's fucking New Orleans. That's Bourbon Street right There's, there. They almost. I would not and be surprised one bit if if I heard the some of the art directors or whatever, even Numero himself, something said, "Yeah, we 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 mirrored New Orleans a little bit. We copied and yeah." made it a little bit and even it was inspired jazzy, by like, Norland. yeah burr, burr, burr. that just felt like something i don't know it, it made yeah. me think of um but okay so and then so do you remember and i don't know if this is totally in my head but like when you run when we meet johnny in costa del sol mm -hmm. he's with a woman who yeah. he's living with yeah and like you kind of get the vibe and I, this is where i'm not sure if i'm like adding stuff subconsciously or if this actually is in-game evidence but you get the vibe that the woman he's with is kind of running his life yeah. and she's kind of like dominant and like he's just kind of like being johnny and just kind of like in this situation i think it would be really fucking cool if that was like if johnny and lady m like team up and like escape midgar together yeah. Because it kind of makes sense that, like, a lot of Corneo's, Corneo's lackeys are, like, booking it out of the city. Like, at the end of this game. Yeah. That'd be cool. I mean, obviously, I'm trying to think, like, the last is, like, set up, so he's fine. Yeah, but, like, yeah. He's, like, a main man. The other man. two might be trying to, like, fucking get their affairs in order and get the fucking yeah. Midgar. Because Rufus is serious shit. Yeah. And they're not gonna... I can't really afford to fuck around. That's something we didn't talk about, which I probably should have put in the notes, was like, at the end, Rufus saw the whispers. The whispers, yeah. But saying didn't. But then they're gone. So it's like, how do you yeah. develop that? I don't know. And that's so frustrating, because I was like, oh my, that, that was like the moment where I'm like almost the most excited about the whispers, because like now it becomes this thing that elevates certain characters to a higher place in the story. Yeah. Because yeah. they're aware of what's going on on a higher level. Yeah. And Rufus is uniquely in this higher level only with basically the main party. Yeah, yeah. 
And so, like, that made Rufus, like, uniquely interesting late game. And then they just wipe it. Yeah. And then you're, you just wonder, like, so what was the point of showing that Rufus can see it, but Sane can't? That, that's, that's the thing. I, we think they're gone. That's something I wish we had, yeah, like, 100% right. confirmation on if the whispers were gone or not. Because part of me hopes they're not, because part of me wants to think that the f fight with fate isn't over. Yeah. As much as people hate the whispers, I'd kind of rather them be around than all of a sudden, like, now we do whatever we want, and we're just going to change the story, and there'll be no repercussion. It's like, no, I yeah. want something putting you on track. Because, like, I want you guys on track. I, wanna, I want you to go to all the right places. And I'm sort of on the whispers' side. I can see that. I can see that. I mean, you know, there's, I mean, we are the whispers, so like, we are the whispers. Yeah. So I, I totally get that. But I also think the original ending is like not necessarily a bad ending. Like, I think people suck. Oh yeah. Like of the original original, like the OG. Yeah. Yeah. So like, <laughs> and, and all the humans are dead. And it's like something I've heard right. on several podcasts they they've talked about you know where the creators were when they made this i mean like notoriously uh was the sakaguchi's sakaguchi was mourning the death of his mom yeah his mom died and like most of yeah. this game was about him coming to terms with that and and you know if nobody dies then then that completely defeats the point of the original game and i don't know but this isn't Sakaguchi's Final it's Fantasy not. VII. This is this is Nomura's Final Fantasy VII, and Nomura hates death. Yeah. He wants multiple versions of every character more than he wants he any like one of them to die. He just likes fashion. Yeah. Because he's a character designer, and he's a damn good character. Oh, yeah, he's he great. created Sephiroth and Cloud and Sid and Tifa and Barret and all of these fucking timelessly great characters. Yeah. and it, I mean, not and just from Seven, like from every final yeah. fantasy but then in the final fantasies after seven they thought damn you did such a good job we should let you do other shit and it was all downhill from <laughs> yeah. like it, it seriously was like they let him help write the story for final fantasy 8 and it just is kind of nonsense at yeah. a lot of parts and I, 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 there's that that those skills don't cross over from he's not a good writer designer which to... you know everyone says He's not the writer. Nojima's the writer. But he's, he's the director. He still gets final say in everything. He's the director. Yeah. And directors write. Ultimately, and directors yeah. have writers that, that, do, that rewrite scripts because they want to do their scenes a certain way. Yeah. And, you know, even if, if Nomura didn't write the ending of this game, someone wrote the ending of this game with the intention of Nomura directing it. Yeah. And so they wrote it for him. Yeah, they like, wrote it th to please no him. There's no denying that this is a Nomura ending, whether or yeah. not you're accepting that he wrote it or not, or that he even had any influence on the direction it took. Like, this is a Nomura as fuck ending. Yeah. And... Something I did want to say in the original, in our, our first section, which I never really got to say, is like, please, please comment. Because again, I love talking about this. And fine, call me an idiot if you want, but please, like, give reasons. <laughs> like, don't just call me an idiot and say you're a purist fanboy. Yeah. Like, I, 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 I want to have I'm a discussion really about this. With that. 
Like, yeah. I'm, I'm getting, because there's so many, like, there's, there's like three talking points that I want, that I hate. Like, and I've, and I've seen so much of it. One of them is the one I keep harping on. Nomura didn't write it. Like, okay, that's fine. Like, you, you can look at the credits and say that this is set in stone and there's no possible way that anybody had any influence outside of what is credited to them. <laughs> um, the other, t another talking point that I'm hating and I'm seeing a lot is they're like, uh, it's a remake, not a remaster. Like, the, you don't expect them to do it exactly the same. And it's like, the purists just want, like, and it's like, one, you guys don't understand what a fucking remake is. So stop being so goddamn condescending about it, because, yeah. like, a remake is is a recreation of the original story, but changing tones and changing minor things. Like, if you want to reboot, then that is, like, to completely take the existing, pro like, property and then just rewriting the story. Like, that's essentially what this is. Yeah. And, um, really, it's a, it's more than that. It's a sequel slash... Yeah side cool i yeah. don't know yeah like and that's it's... i mean that's that yeah that was like one of the first things i wrote in our notes was like the, a lot of people are saying there's two ways they could have done this they could have made a faithful one-to-one -one recreation or they could completely change it and it's like which is no nonsense. there's kind of this this middle ground yeah. which there's everybody this huge wanted middle ground that they were doing perfectly for 90 percent yeah. of the game yeah like no None of these purists are complaining about Chapter 4 that is entirely yeah. new. We all love it. Yeah. We all love going to Jesse's house. We all fucking love all the new Wall Market shit. We all love, like... And, and we're pure... Like, where are the people you're calling purists yeah. saying that we just wanted to see Final Fantasy VII, like, one-for-one one recreated in better graphics? It's like... Absolutely no, nobody not. Nobody wanted Absolutely that. Absolutely not. Like, we wanted yeah. you guys to give this game a little bit more depth, but we wanted you to tell the same fucking story. Yeah. Like, because it's good. And, and, and the thing is, it wasn't told that well the first time. But it's a good fucking story. Yeah. Stop. I got a pizza in the oven. I'll be right back. Sorry. I feel like we had some good momentum there, and I, I didn't yeah, want to no, stop, but I didn't want right. to burn my pizza. Um... But and in the third the third talking point that I'm just I hate is is a lot of the people who are making the uh, the argument that um, there was too much Sephiroth in this game. Yeah. And they say that like, hey, you know, the original game you don't even really see Sephiroth until after Midgar. And then the response to that is like, well, this whole game is Midgar, so like, you gotta have Sephiroth. It's like, no, you honestly truly don't. Because, like, I think teasing him makes a, a lot of sense. Like, show Sephiroth. Like, get a, yeah. get a glimpse of him in there. Because, like, he's iconic. And, like, the, the true crazy fans, like, love Sephiroth. He's probably the most popular character in this game, honestly. And maybe even the, the franchise. Like, honestly, the and Final Fantasy franchise. Possibly the franchise, yeah. So, like, that's part of what informed them to think that they couldn't make Final Fantasy VII without Sephiroth. But I challenged them to think that the story is strong enough to exist without him. And in any way, in some ways, this story is weakened by forcing Sephiroth in there because the villain of this game is not Sephiroth, it's Shinra. We have yeah. every reason to hate Shinra. We've built up all of these, like, you spend the whole game just piling on all these things. It's like, God, Shinra sucks. Fuck Shinra. And then, like, even you get, like, derailed and you're going after Don Corneo a little bit. 
And then you just keep coming back to, yeah, but Shinra. It's still just Shinra. Fuck yeah. Shinra. Yeah. And at the end of the game, you want to fucking fight Shinra. But it's like, no, now we're fighting Sephiroth. And, like, all we really see of Sephiroth is obviously he's, like, taunting Cloud throughout the story. But all he really does is, like, he kills the president. Which, like, in the original game, like, Barrett was like, woohoo, he's on our side. Yeah. <laughs> and then Cloud and Tifa were like, no, 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 no. <laughs> like, we need to go somewhere and we need to talk about this. Yeah. Because, like, that's we need to not figure what's this going out. on here. Yeah. And, like, Cloud and, and Tifa basically explained to the rest of the party, which is, like, Barrett and Red 13, and Aerith, who is kind of in that same boat of, like, you know, Sephiroth kind of seems like he's doing the right thing here. Yeah. And... And even even up till the end, like just off the top of my head, I don't think there was any moment where they definitively said, "Yes, Sephiroth is here, and he's not just in Cloud's head." Because most, I think, up until that end, no, it, it, it could have just weird... been teased that it was just Cloud's just crazy, and it's in his head. And it was this weird moment that when it did transition from being in Cloud's head to being something everyone can see. Like, they never, like, have a conversation about it. Yeah. Like, they, they're just running around and they're like, oh, by the way, Sephiroth's here. And apparently that's just normal. Because, like, even after he, like, after there's that big scene with him and Cloud in front of the Genova thing and they all get blasted away and they all reunite, they're more concerned about, like, getting out of Hojo's lab and no one's talking about, oh, by the way, like, is Sephiroth here? Yeah. Like, did we just see Sephiroth up there, and then he just like, and like, even what's going on? Even like when Palmer saw him, like, yes, he could have been there, but like, like it could have just been that was actual Sephiroth, and then you know Cloud was still just crazy. It was kind of two separate things, but and, and it's then at the end, you realize it's all just because I forget where I heard this, but there's like four Sephiroths in the remake. There's time travel Sephiroth, who's like the final boss Sephiroth. Mm -hmm. There's memory Sephiroth, which is like the Sephiroth that exists very briefly in a few flashbacks. There's like Cloud Psyche Sephiroth, who is a manifestation of his own like insecurities, who's taunting him through most of the game. And then there is like the Genova actual canon in the original game Sephiroth that is a fake Sephiroth like illusion created by Genova of the clones that are going around. Yeah. And at a moment they even did a good job of kind of like hinting and seeding that better than they even did it in the original game. Because mm -hmm. at, when you're at the top of Shinra tower, like the Sephiroth and Genova kind of turn back into the, the clone guys. Yeah. And I remember thinking, okay, good. They're like setting this up. So it makes more sense when the payoff happens down the road. Mm -hmm. But then that was all obscured by the fact that, oh yeah, Sephiroth is also physically here because he time-traveled. Yeah. So we're, there's, it's very confused and muddled what aspects of Sephiroth are in. Because now people are just are explaining that, like, because Sephiroth distracted Cloud in Chapter 2, that's why the Whispers had to, like, swarm around Aerith to hold her there. Because the time it took him to get there was longer because Sephiroth drew him down that alleyway. And so Sephiroth mm. was fucking with the time there. And so the Whispers had to come in and, like, 
put Aerith where Cloud would still meet her, even though he wasn't moving through that street at the same time he originally was. Yeah. But the problem with that line of thinking is, isn't that Sephiroth just the Cloud imagining Sephiroth? Because he disappears. And, and then Cloud looks around and nothing's on fire anymore. And so, like, you're really strongly led to believe that that, is, that Sephiroth is just in Cloud's head. But then people are theorizing that that Sephiroth was the first Sephiroth that fucked up the timeline. Yeah. And so is the Sephiroth in Cloud's head even time-traveling Sephiroth? Or working with time? Like, yeah, it's just it, so it, fucking convoluted now. And it's yeah. like, why, why is there four Sephiroth? There shouldn't even be one! <laughs> yeah. It sucks, dude. I, I don't Fuck know. level four. I hate level four. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. I I I wish I had Max dude's like optimism. I do because like, I love I like I love Max. I think I, he's great. Yeah, I and, do. And I and I, I really think he is a great like face of the fandom. Yeah. And I wish Oh, I wish he was just a little. I wish he was just a little harder on him. Yeah. I wish he just. I wish he held him a little more to account because he knows we. They're watching him. Yeah, he knows and, that. And They've so, told like, him that they're he, watching him. If he comes out and says like, "Hey guys, like I'm really worried about where you're going with this," like he can. He has a unique ability to save this franchise. <laughs> yeah, and, and like with with him. It's. Okay, I lost my train of thought. Um, Sorry. No, you're fine. Talk too much there. No, no, you're good. Oh, right. So, like, but everything he likes about that ending is the possibilities where it could go. Yeah. Which is, you know, which is the reason he likes it. Yeah, but he's, a, he's being optimistic. He's he assuming is. they're going to do it right. Which yeah. we have a lot of evidence to suggest that they're bringing a very competent skill set and mindset to this game. Yeah, because and most I, of I, it's I, fucking brilliant. Yeah, and I guess maybe you could say the same thing about us. Like we like we, and, and that's why I did kind of come back around because we don't know if it's going to be good or not yep. in the future. You know, we, we are maybe and maybe we are being a bit too hard, and Maximilian and to be fair, not being I think hard they enough. They earned the benefit and, of the doubt with most of this game. Yeah, yeah. So, and that's the thing. Like now, I I'm not gonna say I I really like or I really dislike it because we just don't know. Yeah, you know, there's I mean, potential I, there. I, there's definitely potential there. I categorically hate alternate timelines. Yeah. So I and mean, if that's no where they're what, going for sure, I'm not gonna be happy about that. I I don't like, but then but they've 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 painted they've written themselves into this trap mm -hmm. where like, would I love to move into the next game and just say like, that last ending doesn't really mean anything. Yeah, we just wanted to show you Zach real quick. We're not gonna follow <laughs> up on that. Like that's the best Final Fantasy VII like remake part two yeah it's just keep going do the same old thing don't really dwell on all that zach shit because <laughs> like there's that i'm already overwhelmed at the thought of like because my concern is and and i'm a little bit when everyone else like cringes at like how many parts they're trying to turn this into i'm like thank god 
<laughs> like make this game 11 parts if you yeah. have to because i want junon to feel as full as midgar did yeah like i want to go to i want to i want to see that cosmo canyon's getting this love too i want to be able to just pour hours of my life into gold saucer like and i want this all yeah. to be fulfilling i want this to feel like it 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 has the same weight as it did in the original game. And in the original game, Midgard definitely was the most fleshed out setting you spent time in. Yeah. But there were a lot of them. There were a lot of places that just felt like there was so much depth to them and there was so much under the surface that could be explored a little bit more. And I want all those places to get that same treatment. Yeah. But I'm already worried about like, how are you going to have time to make this whole game like this yeah. good and that was before i thought like oh and now we we're gonna have to tell two different stories in two different timelines yeah and, and like one of the things that that worries me and and i generally i agree with you like i i think they should take as much time as they need to and as many games as they need to to do this right but the only thing i'm afraid of is if the next game they take a little bit more liberties and and like we need we still need to have a full game with a twist at the end and then the third game they go a little bit farther and they're like well we need to and, twist it a little bit more. and then by the end the last game is going to be completely unrecognizable from the original and more egregious than that is not egregious but the 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 inevitable consequence of that is the next game veers a little bit further off of the final fantasy 7 path and it is a little even more divisive and you're really zoning in on the the like the namora stands and the people who are just here for fucking whatever kind of anime bullshit is there and you're really alienating the wider audience and then that next game has an even lower budget and then by yeah. the time we're at game five these games are no longer good because there's no investment from the larger Square Enix like corporate entity in being like Final Fantasy VII is a cash cow. Here's your blank check. Fucking make this happen. Yeah, because that's yeah. kind of what they have right now. Yeah, like I would ass I would assume it seems like that's what they have. It seems like they got a lot of resources to make this game happen, mm -hmm. and a they had a lot of patience and a lot of like the company just being like, listen, we know this is gold make it good do whatever you have to do to make it good yeah and that's awesome like i oh, yeah. love that they have that like but they how how this rare up. is that like you yeah most people never most games never get anything like that but if but if they fuck this up by you know following this up with final fantasy 7 redreamed 3.0 drop distance and then like everyone thinks like is this is this the next game i'm confused like what's yeah. going on and like no people don't buy it or they bring it out on some or the or they depend it on like because the, the other thing square enix loves to do is throw in weird side games on yeah. consoles that most people don't have and then like bringing you back to the mainline story and being like yeah you had to play all the weird shit yeah because like you're not following this plot unless you went out and bought everything sony's ever released yeah and, and yeah like, I, I don't want mainline games and spinoff games you know no it all I needs to be mainline yeah 
even though I did, I was in, in, in my spiral, I was thinking of something that would be really fucking dope, is if they had, like, an RP, RTS mobile game for, gold, for not Gold Saucer, Fort Condor. Yeah, and I think that would years, be cool. In the in-between years, between part one and part two, we get to play this little mobile game where we're building up Fort Condor, and you link it to your account so that when you go to Fort Condor, it looks like the way you built it in your mobile game. That's something I have always wanted from a game with like fallout's got this game you know and their mobile yeah. game is like one of the biggest mobile games of all time but i don't think it really ties in to your fallout playthroughs like in, in Kingdom that's Hearts something i've 3 always wanted tried to like pay off the mobile game by like making it canon story and yeah. then they did that list of names at that one scene yeah but my name and wasn't like, in it so fuck that game yeah fuck that game <laughs> But fuck that game for a million reasons. Yeah. But like I um and, and oh my god, fucking. But that shows that they want to do that. They want to be like, hey guys, come play our mobile game, and we will reward you yeah. for it with like yeah. Easter eggs in the main game. And it's like that would be a way. It doesn't detract at all. Like all you can p possibly do is get more backstory on Fort Condor, and then you get to Fort Condor, and if you dumped a bunch of hours into this stupid mobile game then you get this, like, built-up Fort Condor yeah. that has HD graphics, and you've got mage towers over here, and it's yeah. wherever you put it on your own little customizable mountain. And I'd be and happy like, to pour money into that game. <laughs> I would. Fuck yeah. Like, and, and that would be fun. And it would be, like, you can, you can go limit things, and then, like, it would be fun if, like, in the in the game like you get notifications like from your phone that it's like you're under attack and then yeah. while in the game you're actually, yeah. that's actually the story going on That'd be because cool. they've linked the stuff yeah and they've got the technology to do that kind of oh shit. yeah so like the, run wild the we biggest... know you love mobile games square oh yeah so just fucking do those it. those are the money makers like everybody knows that like yeah. the the biggest missed opportunity of that is metal gear solid 5 the phantom pain because they basically yeah. have a mobile game built into that. And they had an app. But the app was not the mobile game that was in the game. It was like, that, that is such a missed opportunity. Yeah, It had the microtransactions and everything. It was like, just make this an app and then have it linked to the game. I would have loved that. No, I know. Yeah. But yeah, and having something like that in Final Fantasy VII Remake. They have an opportunity to do that, and it and, could be cool. And, and I they have an opportunity it. to keep it going for years, and they can keep adding updates and, you know, progress with your game. And instead of having to double back to Fort Condor every fucking story beat, you just, like, you keep playing on your mobile game, yeah. and it's connected to your larger story so that, like, people who care about that shit can keep doing it. But if people who just want to play Final Fantasy VII and not fuck around at Fort Condor, yeah. like, they can ignore Completely it. Completely optional, yeah. Yeah. I, I think that, I, I don't know, that, that makes sense to me. And, um, like, that'd be cool if that'd be the only way you could get Phoenix material or something, you know? Yeah, like, you get like the Phoenix they have summon an... if, you, if you actually complete, like, the, the storyline in the mobile game. Yeah, yeah. Or something like that, yeah. How cool would that be? That would be cool. Even though it would suck to, like, not have Yeah, but, not the, but the thing is, yeah. I didn't get the... I bought the Deluxe Edition pre-order physical copy mm. so i didn't get but did you get carbuncle i i don't know because the, honestly i never i never installed any of that dlc no. well i think because i didn't i didn't realize really how to do it and then i oh, saw yeah. it in a in a menu later and i was like oh yeah. okay 
but, I but think, I've already beaten the game twice. Yeah, I think Carbuncle was only on the digital the, deluxe download. Oh, only the digital. So I, I, I didn't get them. I don't get them. That kind of sucks. Which I'd pay like Carbuncle was a couple weird, extra bucks. Did you see the pictures of Carbuncle? That giant yeah. ass forehead. He looked like the Elephant Man or something. Yeah. Was was is the Cactuar fun or like what does it even do? Not much, honestly. I used him a couple times, and he didn't really, like, do much. So, the other, th the big theory that has been floating around the internet, um, about how power scaling is going to work into the next game, because they're going to have to sort of, to some extent, yeah. reset your character. And I'm sure you've heard of this, but they, but the idea that Yuffie's going to steal all your materia. Yeah. And like going into the next game, I like that idea. I, I like that they add that to the story in a pretty natural way. I, of course, I mean we don't know if they're going to do that or not, but I, I think that would be I, cool. I I like it in a way, but I also think um, it's going to be really annoying when I don't know. I mean, to some extent, I think everybody is going to be reasonable enough to write it off as like, you, you have to do this because you can't go into a brand new game like OP as fuck. But like, yeah. it's going to be kind of irritating when like you get Yuffie and then you don't get your material back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, and that's kind so, of that's kind of what I was talking about with like some of the monsters that like were in the later game that they just brought into Midgar. Like, I kind of wish they had just scaled you see, everything back a little bit. You like, see, I, I kind of disagree with you there a little bit. Because I think if there's one if there's one aspect of, like, late-game Final Fantasy that I am okay with you, like, teasing forward, just to sort of, like, hint at, like, this is where it's going, it's like, I, I'm not opposed to seeing late-game enemies appear much earlier, just to kind of, like just to kind of indicate that there are much more fantastical elements to come because like what's what i love about final fantasy 7 specifically is that it starts out very much not your typical fantasy like it's very steampunk like cyberpunk kind of dystopian yeah. like you're fighting mostly robots and like some genetic mutations but like you're not really like it's not the typical fantasy shit. Yeah. Like it's it's very much a different kind of story. And and the transition, you get to the typical fantasy shit. Like and even with like of... materia, like there's a reason for magic. Like you, people aren't just magic. Like you have to have right. materia. Like they kind of rain. And, and in. in the original game, it was super rare that people understood how to use materia. Like Cloud had to basically teach Avalanche. Yeah. Like this is how materia works. Yeah. And like they were like, I don't know if I get it. And it's like, we'll just try it. And yeah. then like you then you kind of could put it on other people. In this game, it seems like anybody can use materia. Yeah. Like if you've got it, you can use it. Yeah. And that's I, I'm a, I'm a, I don't really care that much about that. It's not yeah. that important. No. But um something I was really looking forward to though was having one continuous save throughout all the games and like when 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 you are just like super op and by the end like barrett's already got nine 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 hp and 
it's like yeah, yeah then they're gonna have to rein that back in and and i was kind of hoping yeah. for just one continuous story kind of from what i've never played mass effect but from what i understand that's how mass effect kind of works like yeah it is one continuous save it's one continuous story throughout and i was i was really looking forward to that well it, the, and there might the, I, be some of that especially with like the, the playstation 5 they cap you at level 50 sort of almost teases this notion that like the rest of the leveling up is in other games yeah but then i also think like am i gonna am i gonna attack like am i gonna hit the mithril mines at level 50 yeah with, like is it just gonna rocket? be dragon ball z where they the numbers just keep going higher and higher and higher and higher yeah and the power, i think, the, I think the power scaling is gonna just be out of control unless they figure out some way to reset it but then yeah it's gonna, they it's do gonna now they really have to hard it's gonna be really hard to work that into the story like i'm already like at the point where i have issues with like what the characters can do because like you that whole fucking sewer segment where you like come up to that platform and you look across and you're like oh we got to get to the other side let's just go like all the way around and you spend an hour like going up and down the sewers and it's like you bitches are jumping off of buildings why can you not just hop yeah. over there yeah like cloud and tifa can leap un unbelievably high and, and land and on they their make, feet they make such an like a point of that when the reactors are blowing up like cloud does that cool jump and like yeah. him and jesse talk about it and it's like is it just because Aerith is here and you don't think she can make the jump that we all have to run around <laughs> yeah but like but they act like they can't yeah and there's just a lot of I, I moments get, that's just like a, a weird like it, it i get and the game but... is full of obstacles that based on what you know the characters can do they don't make any fucking sense yeah and that to me the solution is taking away the advent children shit but i recognize that people love the advent children shit so like if they do everything I, else right i will forgive it i did have a, a theory it's just a little thing but like yeah. so when like the guy who this the other he's not a soldier but he's like a shinra grunt that the one who's like oh it's you i'm gonna go find kunsel uh and like you know, you run into him like at the beginning of like when you're. You think it, do you think that's the guy at the beginning that says, "Wait, is that?" Yeah. Oh, for sure. I think that's the but same guy. But you see, guy. that doesn't make sense to me because wouldn't he immediately see Cloud and be like, "Weren't we trying to kill you in Sector Eight? Like, why?" Yeah, he I, but I think that? that was kind of hinted. I mean, I guess they didn't really. But say he that, seemed but... happy to see him, and if the last time he saw him, it was because he had. He was a suspect for blowing up the reactor. Why would his reaction to him at that point be? But I don't think at the hey, beginning. Cloud, buddy. I don't think at the beginning he was like upset or like trying to get him. I know it was like his job, but like you. But that, that's where his hesitation was. He was like, "Wait a second. Like he was kind of like, "Wait, guys. Like I know this guy. Like don't attack him." But he then he jumped off and he was gone. So like okay. he didn't really get a Maybe. chance. It just it just seems a little weird because like I I, I also think that like even even if let's say that he personally didn't feel like he sh they should be fighting Cloud. Like, wouldn't he, after the last time he saw Cloud, the next time he sees Cloud, he is armed in Shinra HQ, and his reaction is like, oh, I'm gonna go get Kunsel. Yeah, I, I, I get like, what you're saying. I it's a saying. little weird. Like, it there's is. something just, like, inconsistent. But my, but my thought is, but my thought is, so when you go to Nibelheim, it's, Sephiroth, Zack, 
you and some other soldier. Some other Shinra But that other soldier dies. Oh, right? he does die? Yeah, because they lose him when the bridge collapses. I guess. But I just thought that'd be cool if that was him. No, yeah. And, you know, that's something they could easily retcon. They could. They would, And they do. I yeah. mean, they retcon shit all the time. Yeah. So they might. Um, do you think that was the guy that Cloud threw the sword at, like, at the very end? Yeah, that's, that's an interesting theory I've heard. Yeah, I'm sure. I like that. Let, let's let's make it true yeah in my mind <laughs> i like it <laughs> i don't need co confirmation of anything it's just I, yeah one thing i i, I thought initially with um the first the first time you see that guy is that the first guy um who goes i think the line is actually i know that and then he gets interrupted i want okay. i yeah. i initially thought maybe he was about to say i know that sword oh yeah maybe so he knew Zach. Like he knew Zach or he knew Angel or he knew yeah. somebody. I mean, he still could. I mean, that's easy enough to... Like he can know Cloud and Zach and Angel. Yeah. No, yeah, I want to I wanna see more of that guy. I want to... Yeah. Um, that's something... I think we'll see more of that guy. I wonder if that guy will be one of the guys... A, a little connected to what you're talking about, but a little different. I wonder if that guy might be one of the guys that you do the... Uh, the like victory poses and shit with for Rufus's parade. Yeah, <laughs> I'm cool. so excited about the parade. I think yeah. <laughs> like after seeing how they did Walmart, I think the parade is gonna be a fucking blast. Oh yeah, it's like, gonna be I a, think it's gonna a be big so old much fun. celebration fanfare. Like it's gonna be yeah. fun. They're gonna do. They're, it's gonna be super high production value. We're gonna see everybody. It's gonna be like a musical. Yeah, and like and Namora loves musicals. Yeah, so like. And and so to give credit where credit's due, Namora probably ruined this ending. He is also very likely the reason why the honeybee is as magical as it is. Yeah. Like that that is so Namora. Everything that happens in there. Like so like the guy has his fucking strengths. Like there are some there are some things that he's just really really good at and he's good at fight choreography. He's good at dances apparently yeah he's he's good at just like making pretty things look even more pretty than you think they would yeah and he's terrible at plotting like, I'm, I'm sure he was probably the main driver behind the parade in eight like with print uh sorceress edia that i love so yeah, much very likely i mean eight was the eight was the game in the final fantasy series where they were like this namora kid he's something yeah. like we need to just let him do whatever the fuck he wants yeah and and they gave him and sakaguchi actually had very little to do with eight like he was oh, working yeah. on i think the spirits within when eight was being developed mm. and so the guy who was like that was the first final fantasy that he like handed off to somebody else oh yeah and I think it was Katase that he actually handed off, like, exec the director and executive producer role to. I think he still executive produced it, but I think he, like, really let Katase run it. And I think Nomura, that's when he became, like, involved in, like, the story writing and planning and scenario development and that kind of shit. Yeah. And then, okay. and then Sakaguchi came back for Final Fantasy IX, and he was like, all right, this is perfect. This is the perfect Final Fantasy. I quit. <laughs> and I, I, he's right. I mean... It sucks that, like, partly, partly because I think it's... Uh, there's not a port, English port or an English translation, but, like, 
there's not really anything Sakaguchi has done that we can play anymore. Like since Final Fantasy, um, like I think we lost Odyssey, right? He's got a couple of games. Like I looked him up, but like yeah, you can't really like Lost Odyssey is supposedly really good. But like, can you get it anywhere? Unless you like know. buy like a Dreamcast or something, whatever it, it was originally I think it's an on Xbox game. Xbox? Oh, Xbox 360. Fuck that. Why are you doing this, Sakaguchi? Dude, just stay on Sony. Yeah. Or at least... But even then, like, you'd still have to find an Xbox... Three, or I guess Xbox 360. Xbox is that the current gen? Yeah. I'm no, no, no. Xbox One. Xbox right? One's a new one. Xbox and then Xbox 360 and then Xbox One. Yeah. I, I, I name something something One when it's the sequel to something right. else. PlayStation's so Fuck easy. Microsoft. PlayStation, PlayStation 2, PlayStation 3, PlayStation 4. God, I love you, Sony. Make my life easy. Don't ever change. Yeah. Except your password policy. Fuck you for that. <laughs> Did you lose your PlayStation Network password or something? No, it's just... I just had to change it because... I forget why I had to change it. They made me change it. No. And it's ridiculous. Like, the I've never had more, like, obscure rules for making a password than your Sony account. I literally really? have it written down and taped to my PlayStation. <laughs> <laughs> nice i've never had to change I my sony password i will never remember so. it any other way yeah <laughs> but yeah i would love to play a sakaguchi game again like i just yeah i feel like they're just so inaccessible so yeah and i know so he's got like some mobile games out but i think I they're I mostly could, japanese wish... You know what Square needs to do? They need to create some kind of thing, some kind of bundle, that they port Final Final Fantasy Tactics and Chrono Trigger. So I want to fucking play those games on PS4 or yeah. PS5. Yeah. I haven't played Chrono Trigger in forever, and I've never played Final Fantasy Tactics. I've never played People Final Fantasy Tactics. Yeah. It's the best They one. love it. Same here. I want to play that so bad, yeah. especially lately. I've been really into, like, XCOM and John Wick X and like those type of games. So, I mean, a Final Fantasy version of that, I'm all in. People people say that Final Fantasy Tactics is the is story-wise the best Final Fantasy. Yeah. Man. And I've never played And there's it. and you can get every Final Fantasy game on every console on every system but not Tactics. Not Tactics and not Chrono Trigger, even though it's also largely regarded to be like the masterpiece of that era of SquareSoft. Yeah, what was that? Chrono Cross. I've never played Chrono Cross either. Chrono Cross, yep. I've never like, played Chrono Cross. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would love to see them kind of just go back and I don't even need them to Is do anything. Is Chrono Trigger just not? Just fucking port it. Just port it. Yeah. I'm, I'm almost certain you cannot play Chrono Trigger on anything but a PlayStation 1 or the original PlayStation. There might be a PC port, actually. There is a PC port, yeah. I know you can get it on Steam. Because it's, it's been on my wish list forever. Shit. Maybe I should just get it on Steam, then. Yeah, because they're never the same. so well it's known not... for... You can play it... Apparently, you can play it on PS3. PS1 Classic. You can play it on PS Vita, PSP, or PS3. Is it worth it getting a PSP? At this point, probably not. Because they're not they're not and, making any new games for it. No, I know they're not making any new games for it, but I really want to just play Crisis Core, and they refuse yeah. to port that anywhere else. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure they're super cheap now. 
So, if, I mean, if you'd want to, I'm sure it'd be worth it. Like, I love playing um, Crisis Core when I played it back in the day. That's that's. And honestly, game dude, game Peace Walker's game. fucking amazing. Like, it's it. I so well, maybe I, I it's maybe. hard to play because it's on a PSP, but the story's fantastic. Maybe for this, maybe just for Peace Walker, Crisis Core, and fucking Chrono Trigger port. Yeah, I should just go buy a PSP for probably the sixty-five dollars it's worth now. Honestly, you could probably get that the system and the games all for that. Really. Yeah, like That's when I bought mine, God, this was probably like ten years ago. When I bought mine, yeah. it was a hundred bucks, and it came with Birth by Sleep. So, you know, yeah, I don't. I'm I'm not a huge Birth by Sleep fan, to be honest. Oh, yeah. But I think maybe had I played it like on PSP when it first came out and had that intimate like handheld experience with it, it would have been a little bit different. Yeah. Because I, I imagine it was very revolutionary for, like, a handheld. Oh, it was amazing watching it, like, on a, on a handheld device. It was like, this is amazing. You know, the, I mean, it was, like, 3D World, and, like, I mean, it was, it was. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was, like, it, it, as it, good it, as Kingdom Hearts, it like, It checks one. your expectations a little bit, because you're, you're, you're just impressed guess, yeah. to see a game as good as, like, a, a mainline PlayStation game. Yeah. But now, I mean, you get mobile games that look twice right. as good, and it's. You're not going to have that same wow factor. But yeah, and and, and having like having only played uh, Birth by Sleep as like part of a bundle, it it just didn't. Yeah. It was just a part of the the Kingdom Hearts anthology that was just to me. Yeah. A bullshit complication of what should yeah. have been like a very simple story. Yeah, I loved playing it on PS4 because I did have that nostalgia. But it also wasn't uncomfortable to play with an actual PlayStation 4 controller. So yeah. it was for me it was the best of both worlds. Sure. No, I get it. Um I'm just kind of looking over our notes here, see if there's anything we didn't like. Yeah, one thing I I've been thinking about probably the most, except for the ending, was just the people of Midgar. I just yeah. I love them so much. Like Character models, there's some whatever. Really but good like, lines. Like, and I love this. Is something I just thought about in the last couple of days. Sorry, give me a second. Yeah. The reactor bombing affected mostly the upper plate. The plate fall, in theory, affected more of the slums. So it was really interesting going through the the city, the upper plate after. The, the first bombing and hearing the people and like, you know, there's people who, who hate the, you know, they blame it on the poor and they blame it on, you know, Shinra. And then there's people who like look up to Shinra and like are Want, relying on Shinra. Yeah. yeah. Who for like emergency and it, services. It's interesting and, that you get the, the paramedics, the Shinra yeah, paramedics. Yeah. Like these guys aren't evil. Yeah. Like, they're they're yeah. helping these people through right. this terrible time and through this crisis. And then like, or not you know, paramedics. What's the word? Um, EMTs. EM, DMTs. EMTs. Yeah. They could have been paramedics. They might have parachuted. Sorry, Galaxy. And then, like you know, after the plate fall, you get like 
the, the, the slums and they're like, they're blaming, oh, this is the, the rich's fault. And, you know, this is, you know, I mean, of course, they're still like blaming Avalanche and, you know, they're, they're kind of blaming Shinra. And, yeah, because of fucking Kyrie. Yeah. But it was just, it was just so interesting seeing all these perspectives because, like, I mean, shit, we're going through Corona right now. Like, there are people who are blaming the government, but there are also people who are, like, relying on the government. And There's never, and, there's never a, a solid... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, it, was, it was just... That was so well done. And I love oh, seeing... Yeah. I and mean, there, you could see the, the class struggle in that as well. You know? Where you would think that after in these times of crisis, people come together. And maybe they do a little bit, but... No. After a week or two, come together, but people yeah. as a whole do not come together. In a yeah, crisis. yeah, and that um, that was just done so well. It was. I mean, the whole like the the deeper um, exploration into like the nature of what Avalanche is doing, they just knocked out of the park. Yeah, like they um, as much as I was initially critical of the whole change to make like Shinra like we're gonna blow up our own reactor, which I still think is a little bit dumb, but like they they made it work yeah and they almost made like jesse more tragic because she just dies thinking that she's killed all these people and yeah. she really didn't like and and she takes that with her to her grave like yeah the, the yeah the i remember guilt. thinking that as i was playing it and like i wanted to say that because but i was streaming it and i didn't want like to spoil it because there's a bunch of people in my chat who didn't had, who didn't know the yeah. story and it was just like God, she's gonna die thinking that, and I, I like that, even I in the original so game, those her. are her dying words. She's like, "I guess yeah. this is what we deserve for all the people yeah. we killed." Yeah. And like, I think Jesse's death in the original was a lot sadder, but there wasn't stupid fucking music in the background for that one, so yeah. that helped. <laughs> I, I hated I hated Jesse's death. I think it was one of the places where this game dropped the ball the most. You think? Um, oh yeah. I I felt nothing when she died. Yeah. I thought Big's death was slightly sadder, but it went on for too long. Like he had that moment where he was <laughs> like, Hey, carry on the fight for me and Cloud's like you have the choice to be like either what about you or like I will. And I, I think the first time I said I will yeah. And like, and, and Biggs is, is like, you're a good man, like, for giving me that comfort. And then he, his hand kind of drops. Yeah. I thought, God damn, that was like a, a good way to finish this character. And then he's like, oh, the children in Sector <laughs> yeah. 5, go take care of them for me. It's like, do you like kids, Cloud? And Cloud's like, eh. Yeah. He's like, ah, well, you're kind of like a kid. And it's like, why is this conversation yeah. still going? That's, that, that's like, just this game. It's just like, they just, they don't know when to stop. Like, you nailed no. it. Just cut and it off. Jesse, you did Jesse it. Jesse took that to fucking 11. She just wouldn't shut up. She just kept fucking going and i'm like jesse die <laughs> and then you have this music in the background that like you can kind of tell is a is a is a more melodramatic version of like i think it's a more melodramatic version of like the music they played when you went to her like childhood home maybe not i don't yeah. know i might be I know. Totally I'd have to off base I'd on have that to but like um it was just so bad. It was just this like strings like fucking like the most the most cheesy possible like 
sad music, like almost like a meme sad music that you yeah. would play <laughs> behind somebody when they're complaining about their life just to make them look ridiculous. And yeah. like... And kind of it like was like this when is... Jim Carrey's in the mask and he's dying and it's like yeah. over back like that, you would play it then. Yeah. And it felt like they did that like unironically. And I'm just like, <laughs> you guys did such a good job of building Jesse up to make us love her so much oh, yeah. and care so much. And then you ruined her death. You just made it so cheesy and you made her just talk too much. And, and I just felt like, all right, Jesse's dead. Like, I felt so little through the whole plate sequence. Yeah. And then when and when they collapsed the plate and then that it just felt very unceremonious. They yeah. couldn't even bother to orchestrate the escape from yeah. Sector 7. And it's just like, why? Like, why wouldn't you put in... Like, these are the moments that more should time. be hitting the hardest. Yeah. To, like, make this a little bit better. It just seemed like you got to this point and you just rushed through it. Yeah. And then you threw Kate Sith in there. It's just like, why? Yeah. Like, one, one even knowing the context, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. Like, what did Reeve think he was going to do by activating Kate Sith and sending him to, like, <laughs> yeah. hold the plate up or something? <laughs> like, what What was his plan? Yeah. I don't know. So, and that's, I've, I still don't, I guess I don't understand exactly how Kate Sith works. He, is he, is Kate Sith just a robot cat? Yeah. And like Reeves just like controlling him with the fucking joystick or something. Like maybe he's got some AI or something built in, but I like to think he's one in one of those like shelk machines from like Dirge of Cerberus when yeah. she like climbs into that fucking bed and she yeah. puts the thing on and like Reeves like like they go into the matrix and yeah. yeah. It's I'm I'm I want to believe it's it's going to be something sort of like that. Yeah. I don't know. And then what is Mog too? Like because Mog seems like a whole, even a farther level detached from like Kate Sith. Like say Kate Sith controls oh, yeah. Mog. Yeah. And Reeve controls Kate Sith. Yeah. I don't know. I have no idea. I hope they like they they figure that stuff out in a yeah. way that like kind of makes sense. Just throw in a couple lines to explain it all. Or you know what I would like to do? What? I would like to rework the whole the whole uh the, the suspense of um, Kate Sith being a spy. I, I want I want to do more of a dramatic irony thing than a like actual like mystery because like in the original game it's like you get Kate Sith in the party and the next place you visit they're like oh there's a spy. It's like I wonder who it is. I mean, do you think it's Barrett or Red Thirteen or do you think it's the fucking animatronic that just joined your party and against your will? Like, and who stole the black materia from you and gave it to Shinra, and then afterwards well, just like... but this is well, even before all that shit happened. Like, you overhear that... the Turks saying that they've got a spy in your party, and then yeah. Cloud's like, I hate to think that anyone would be a spy. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, it's the guy, it's the fucking robot that just joined you! Like... And then he he betrays you, and it's like, well, yeah, duh! Like, he was the spy! Like, yeah. And... Let's not even go with that pretense. Let's introduce Kate Sith from the perspective of Reeve. 
let's see that he's a spy, let's know that, and then, like, you can behave in the party knowing as a player that he's the spy. Yeah. But the party never knows. The party never gets that, like, overhearing a, a conversation. So, like, you can kind of make decisions in the game in the way you treat Kate Sith. Are you going to treat him like a spy, or are you going to treat him like, you know, he's just a nice member of the party? Yeah. And, and, and I, I don't even fuck with trying to throw us off, because it's not working. Yeah. That'd be interesting. That'd be better. Better way to handle it. But I really want, I want, I want Sid earlier. Like, that's a big thing that I think, like, could be really cool. Yeah. Like, the story could only it's... benefit from more Sid. Oh, yeah. I don't know how, I mean, I guess we, we just don't know when they're going to introduce, I mean, any of the remaining characters. And that would be, and, and but the thing is, like, the next trailer, they're going to tease it. You know, they're probably going to tease Vincent or Yuffie in the next trailer for the next game. I'm guessing. Um, I, Another thought I had is that, like, if you do get an alternate version, because I kind of thought it'd be cool if, like, the alternate version of... Uh, you can almost do, like, a butterfly effect type of thing with, like, Zack. And, like, when he goes in... Like, and he goes to Midgar, and, like, he he meets up with Aerith, and maybe you get a, a quest where you have to, like, take Cloud back to Sector 7 and 7th Heaven because Zack figures out that Tifa's there, and he's like, well, yeah. I should at least, you know, get Cloud to Tifa, and then maybe he jumps on a motorcycle with Aerith and fucking leaves Midgar. Yeah. And they're just like, let's just run away. Let's just run. Let's just leave Midgar and let's go live our own life somewhere. And then all the horrible shit that happens to Midgar still happens to Midgar. But you're not fucking there, so it all goes as bad as it possibly could. And Cloud and Tifa and Aerith and Barrett and everybody's dead. Yeah. And like, and 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 then you have this alternate reality where Zack and Aerith are like. And, and in a way, like, it serves to develop their relationship, so you care about them as a couple, in a way that, like, the story is better if you do, if you really love those two together. Yeah. But then you get this whole side story that's just Zack and Aerith, and I think it would be cool if, because you've completely dismantled the, like, progression of stuff, maybe you don't necessarily get Sid early, but if you run into Sid and Junon in the alternate timeline and just by circumstance you steal the high wind then yeah and so zach Aerith, and sid take off <laughs> in the high wind like and 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 that serves a couple purposes you can still keep sid in the same place in the story but still teach the player how to play as him a little bit earlier because you have him in these side stories and so you're like here's this character and you're just thinking like who is this? And then maybe Kate Seth also joins your party much earlier. Yeah. Because he like helps he helps you escape Midgar or something. I don't I don't know. And so you're learning how to play these characters early in the game, even if they don't necessarily because that is a thing that like I've been thinking about a lot ever since like 
I really looked at the way that like Red Thirteen was handled because like they're setting themselves up for the same problem in the next game and the way that like the people joining your party are so spread out because you're not getting Sid and Vincent until like pretty close to where this next game would end. Yeah. Yeah, Yuffie's gonna be pretty early in the next one, I'm sure. Oh yeah, I think they'll push Yuffie forward even more. Like, I think I think it makes sense for Yuffie to join pretty close to the start of the game. Yeah, probably like right after Calm. Or she could even like be in Calm for some reason. And like, she could overhear the whole Sephiroth story and you know, because she's trying to steal their materia or something. That's the way I did it. I had, a, I had Yuffie in the party before you even get to Calm. I had to meet her, like, on the way there. Oh, yeah. Because I just feel like Yuffie's too important of a character to Final Fantasy VII to not be, like, around for the big shit. Yeah. Something I... She's also not. She's totally optional, so... Yeah. Something I've been wanting to do for a long time is, like, do a, like, proper Vincent cosplay. And, like, this has given me a reason to do it. Like, yeah. uh, I, whether he's, if he's in the next one or the one after, like, I want to be streaming as, as Vincent. So fun to play as. Oh, my God. And, like, you know, it's probably going to be a couple years till the next one comes out. So, like, yeah. I'm probably going to cut my hair. Have time to get once it, shit. Yeah, once it gets long enough to donate, cut it off, and then just start growing it all out again. And you know, have my long hair so I can just use my hair, dye it black, get some Does red Vincent contacts. Huh? Does Vincent have long hair? Yeah. He's got real long hair. It's like, oh, down, yeah, that's right. Down to here. Get some red contacts, you know. The, I think the, the, the hardest thing, like getting, a, getting like a red cloak would be fairly easy. He just wears like black underneath that, but like getting like a gold, like, like gauntlet thing claw, claw thing yeah. Thing, yeah that's like the hardest thing i'm like and i haven't really looked into it like there's probably some way to do it but that's gonna be the hardest thing i think and then he's kind of got like the same thing for shoes i hope they do vincent better and uh the remake yeah than they have in any other final fantasy 7 <laughs> property yeah, because there was like, there were some moments in Dirge of Cerberus where they went into his past, like some of the flashbacks and stuff that I really liked. It's all have you have you revisited Dirge of Cerberus lately? No, I haven't. That game is trash. Is it? Like that is. That <laughs> I mean, is I remember thinking, like, yeah, holy fuck! Like the you have to suffer through those cutscenes. Yeah, like it is the worst. It is the absolute low point of Square Enix. Really, is Dirge of Cerberus. I yeah, absolutely fucking lootly that game is garbage <laughs> yeah and like i remember even when it came out thinking like it wasn't like the gameplay was shit and like not enjoying it that much yeah. like of the course at the end was... it was cinematic as shit just like you know advent children was cinematic yeah. as shit at the end but like everything leading up to it is yuffie is so annoying in george of cerberus like okay. maybe the most un the most square enix square enixy square enix character there ever was yeah She's like, oh, 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 and you're like, holy fuck! Somebody kill this fucking character! Like, she's it's awful. It's an awful game. Yeah. Um, but I think that's part of the reason I haven't gone back because in the back of my yeah, mind, I, I know it's not. Don't fucking not good. bother. It's it's a it's a truly terrible game. Yeah. Um, 
but also like in in replaying Final Fantasy VII post. I don't want to say post Urge Cerberus, but just in general. Um, all the awesome shit about Vincent seems to be shit that like the fans have created. Yeah. Like, Vincent textually is not that interesting. Like, he's got the bare-bones backstory that oh, has yeah. the potential to be really good. Yeah. Like, you you know he's, like, in a weird way at the center of everything because Lucrezia is the center of everything. Yeah. And, like, and like you he know was if they can Turk just and make... Like, yeah. There's there's a lot that you can do with just the, the, the like, drip of, like, story that they give you and when you in 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 from before crisis you get that like uh vincent was like sort of veld's mentor and veld was uh, like sang's mentor yeah. so like vincent is like the og turk yeah it's not just like he was a turk it's like he was the big turk like that like kind of cre- made the turks the turks yeah. And that wasn't really like done justice in Dirge of Cerberus at all. You like oh, you know that doesn't come across. I don't remember much. thinking that at all. I remember thinking he was just he was just another he was Turk. Just some, yeah. No, like he was very respected in the Turks. Like he was yeah. one of the guys that really helped form like who they were. <laughs> and that all comes from before crisis. And yeah. there are aspects of before crisis that are really 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 fascinating yeah like and and just and i and i kind of hope that like they pull some of the good stuff out of that and leave some of the bad um but in the original final fantasy 7 vincent's kind of forgettable like it's it's like partially because he's an optional character so they don't want to make him too much in the plot but he's yeah. always just kind of like standing on the edge of the screen, just like saying something that is sort of like kind of bland, not not contributing much. Yeah. And I think the ga- this remake is an opportunity to fundamentally change that because you can make Vincent. It's yeah, it's kind of kind of been a good thing that they haven't, because even in even in Advent Children, he shows up. For just like his badass moment, and then he he's fucking out. But of even there. in Advent Children, there's an austerity to Vincent. Like when he shows up, Cloud almost submits to him. He's like, yeah. "Oh, Vincent, like yeah. I respect you." Right. And like Cloud doesn't treat really anyone the way he treats Vincent in Advent yeah. Children. Yeah. And like that that was the moment where like it became clear that the popularity of this character had taken over like the origin of the character. Yeah. <laughs> Because, like, people... He was so fucking cool. Yeah. Like, people were, like... People loved Vincent. And he was just badass. Like, he's just a yeah. cool character. And, like... And again, like, a lot of that is because of Numura. Like, he looks fucking cool as hell. And yep. His, his, his limit break is awesome. And even if it's not, like, the best one to actually use and play, he looks cool as hell. Limit break. Yeah, yeah. And it would be really fun in the remake, as long as they don't. As long as, God, the the biggest thing, and I, and the one game that I have not seen them pull anything from, and maybe I'm missing it. I have not seen them pull anything from Dirge of Cerberus, and yeah. I hope they keep it up. Yeah. Because like, there's really not that much good in Dirge of Cerberus. Yeah. 
But man, could you? How fun is it gonna be to play as Chaos? Oh, it's gonna be amazing. That's gonna be but fucking nuts. They need nuts. to rework it because, like, oh yeah, you have Chaos to actually be able. Yeah. After you have to actually be able to control him, and not just like make him go crazy and let him do his own thing. I think it'd be so much fun to. Fuck, that might be cool too, though. Maybe if like if you use Vincent's limit break, he just becomes super powered and it forces He's you into basically just like break. another summon, like yeah, and he just you goes can turn wild Vincent and into a summon. Essentially, that's what his limit break would be. Yeah, and then you can also call a summon, and you just have like. Oh, that would be fucking Chaos wild. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that'd be cool as fuck. Yeah. yeah. There's so much. There's so much potential, and like, and I think they're gonna do a lot of cool things. Yeah. Um. So, as frustrated as I am with the way they've kind of written themselves into some corners with the with the original plot, uh, I'm generally optimistic, and I think that like these games are going to continue to be very good. I think a brilliant thing they did with this ending is they have absolutely redefined the expectations. So rather than going in nitpicky and thinking like, oh, well, I, I didn't like how, you know, the snake was, was an optional fight in the original game, but now it's a required boss, and you're, you're picking at that kind of shit. Yeah. Now you're thinking, like, I'm just grateful the snake's fucking there. Yeah. Like, I, I, I was so worried that, like, they would not have this part of the game in there because I thought they would change the story and go somewhere else. It's like, I'm just happy to see Costa del Sol. Like, guess, we yeah. don't need Hojo on the beach with some fucking <laughs> bikini Bikini chicks. babes, yeah. <laughs> I hope I hope they figure out a way to keep that in there, yeah. because it's fucking hilarious. Yeah. But, <laughs> but we are going to be grateful for the fact that we can even go to Co Co Costa del Sol now. Yeah. Because they set us up. That's, that's some real silver lining shit, but yeah. And so, like, when we get Final Fantasy VII at all, we're just grateful for it. Yeah. And that's really the mindset we should have going into it. And that's smart of them to kind of force us into that and be like, listen, we could just take you wherever we want. Yeah. <laughs> but we're going to give you Final Fantasy VII because we know you want it. And it's not going to be like shot for shot the Final Fantasy VII that you remember. But it's going to be better. And as long as, like, that continues to be true, like it has been true in the first game, more power to them. I wish they could have yeah. been more subtle about it, but... And even even if even if they don't, like, do. like, real silver lining shit, like, <clears throat> we at least got Midgar. We at least got Midgar. We at least got we Midgar, least and it was so good. fucking game starring Cloud and Aerith and Tifa and Barret. Yeah. <laughs> And I'll watch them fucking play poker. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> like, honestly. Yeah. Like, I love these characters and, so much. And the dialogue was just yeah. so much better than the original. Like, it, oh, yeah. There were so many parts where I literally laughed out loud because of how good the writing was and how well the lines were delivered. So as long as they keep that up, I'm yes, gonna, I'm gonna Thank keep you playing. Nailed them. it. Moving on. Yes. One of the best yes. lines ever. That is definitely the la the line I laughed at the most <laughs> in yeah. the first my first playthrough. That and God, what are some of the other ones? There are some. There are some really fucking good lines in that in this game. Yeah. That I just remember thinking like, oh, that is. 
Well, like that was right, way better than I expected. Yeah. Well, right now, I I think you and I are kind of doing the same thing. Which where are you on your on your playthrough now? On hard. Yeah. Um, I'm right before Airbuster. Okay. Um. So I I forget exactly where I am, but like I am doing like options that I wouldn't normally choose because I'm trying to get that Barrett scene in uh, chapter Just fourteen. I think the key, honestly, and I and I hate to do this because I'm not. I don't think I'm, I think I'm going to fail this on hard because I still want to just do hard to the best of my ability. I think the key is is fucking off and skipping side quests. That's what I'm chapters. doing. Yeah, that's see, that's what I'm thinking in too. Chapters three and eight. That's yeah, same just here. Fucking don't do all that shit for Tifa and Aerith, and don't build those that's, points. And that's the thing. Like I was starting to do the side quests, and and I and then I was like, wait a minute, but this is this is going to be making tifa happy and it's gonna be making her like me more yeah, so i ended so up <laughs> went back yeah. to my save and like did a, some of the stuff again so i so i didn't do those side quests yeah. um but like but like my point is like i'm just negging the shit out of the girls so i mm -hmm. don't so they don't like and me the, as much so i don't get there yeah some of the some dialogue of the, options are even better like if yeah. you're a dick to Aerith at the beginning yes exactly it's so good so funny <laughs> <laughs> oh man yeah, like I, I really do think that Aerith is like one of the best parts of the game. It's it was disappointing to hear oh, that yeah. Danny really, yeah, she was awful. I was still kind of confused as to why, because it seemed like it was just like a technical thing. Like he just didn't yeah. like how her like voice and her actual like mouth synced up, and it was like, man, I can look past that. Like that doesn't bother me. I did. I did think that her big speech at the end before you fight Destiny was just out of nowhere and really bad. Oh yeah. And like yeah. And I and I remember thinking like one like, what the fuck is she talking about? Like where did she get all this knowledge? Where was this to the rest of the game? Like, and everyone says that it seems like Aerith knows too much, but it doesn't really, like, like not to that extent. It where, doesn't like, really end... come out until that scene with Marlene. Yeah. Yeah. But there are uh, like I get like, where they're coming from because on my second playthrough I picked up on some of that stuff where she just like she kind of gives these looks where like it seems like she knows more than she's she knows on. a little bit, but she always did like that was always Aerith. She was always kind of like one step ahead yeah. of the rest of the party, and so like there's no reason to think anything weird there. But then there's the question of okay, so all right, so let's try to parse out what we think is actually going on because. I really don't know. Like, we got this, like, the general consensus is Sephiroth is time-traveling, right? Yeah. But how? Like, through like, can, the life Can he somehow? just do it? Like, I don't, and I don't like, know. Is, is, he, is he possessing an earlier form of himself the yeah. way that Aerith seems to be? Or is he actually physically, like, traveling back in time? Because Aerith seems to just be inhabiting, like, psych... Her, her, like, consciousness seems to be inhabiting herself. And, yeah. like, it seems like her consciousness is time-traveling, but it's still just Aerith's body doing all the Aerith things. And she seems to, through most of the game, respect the course of Destiny. And think that, like, she knows bad things are going to happen, and she lets them play out in the way that guarantees that they're going to happen. Like, she, like, if she is time-traveling, 
she is absolutely culpable for every single person who died in Sector 7. Yeah. Because she knowingly stalls. Whereas Cloud and Tifa aren't 100% sure that, like, Sector 7 is actually going to collapse. Yeah. Even though, even when they do learn, they still fuck around with ghosts for another <laughs> yeah. hour. But, like, Aerith knows. Like, Aerith knows that, like, Shinra's planning to, like, fuck with, drop a plate on Sector 7, but she's still like, hey, Cloud, we should go to the end. Yeah. And, like, that's fu- some heavy fucking shit, if, if true. Because it, with Cloud and his headaches and his flashbacks, like, that's what they are. They're just kind of like these flashes, and he doesn't really understand them. But, like, you and don't that's get all straight that. straight from the original game. Like, yeah. they did more of them, yeah. but that's all. But, like, old you don't shit. really seem to get that with Aerith. She's not like. She doesn't seem to she have these moments to be, like, where she's. To memories. Yeah. yeah. And then at the end, but she then just at knows. The end, she just knows everything. Yeah. And, and it's implied kind of that maybe she always did, but was just waiting for the right time to reveal it. And then, and then I just get exceptionally confused why where she steps up and says, like, we need to oppose Sephiroth, and then immediately says, yeah, but let's do exactly the thing that Sephiroth just suggested we should do. Yeah. Because Sephiroth is the one who decides, hey, guys, let's go kill Destiny. And we're all like, yeah, let's go, gang! <laughs> yeah. And it's like, why? Why yeah. did we do this? Why did we just, like, one... After Sephiroth kills President Shinra, why is Barrett's immediate reaction to this guy he has no idea who he is? You bastard! Yeah. Like, shouldn't Seth Barrett be like, yeah, fuck yeah, who are you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But he's immediately, have... like, in rage mode against Sephiroth for killing President Shinra. Yeah. Like, why? He would have... don't know who this is. He would have been, in, like, in the original. Best yeah, this guy's on our side. Life. From a gun that Barrett is apparently terrified of, forgetting that his arm is a gun. <laughs> that was weird too, right? He forgot that his... President Shinra just pulls out a little pistol and Barrett. Oh like, yeah. Whoa, man. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's like, dude, your your gun is a lot bigger and it's literally attached to you. And it's inevitably faster because, like, yeah, yeah, it's literally like a hand to you. And you've been set on fire by monsters, so like, what yeah. is the what the fuck is this like? You've been shot by a bunch of robots. Yeah, <laughs> you've taken so many bullets just to get to this level of this building. Yeah. Like, there's no way you're afraid of this little gun. Yeah, but at but the same story. time, like, you got to take some licenses yeah. and some right, right. suspension and of wanted, disbelief. They wanted and... to do something Hollywood and cinematic, and I appreciate yeah. it. It, it. This scene, this scene it, was pretty good. So yeah, I, the, I mean, just that scene with like him and Barrett, like the president yeah. and Barrett, was so good, and I was so happy that like with that how well they did that, and that was one thing that they changed. And I was like, you know, I was expecting to get into that office and Sh- President Schindler just being dead at his desk. It may, it, that it, I it went, ab- I went immediately to his desk. To look for him, he's like, wait a minute, he's not here. What the yeah. fuck is going on? And I was and then, torn because I love that visual of President Shinra with the with, sword yeah, on his back. just with the and sword on his like, back. what? Why is he still alive? What the fuck is going to happen here? And then I'm like, yeah. oh, okay, this, yeah. this is good. And they still like, generally... This is, this is good extra shit here. Yeah, and Barrett was so good in that scene. Mm-hmm. It felt like Barrett got a full, complete arc in this, in this game. Yeah. Like he, his story. And that's why him dying there 
almost made sense. Yeah. And and I almost like from if, a storytelling perspective. If they had just been like, "Fuck it, we're gonna kill Barrett," because you know, in the original game, the first three characters that were developed by Namora and um were Cloud, Aerith, and Barrett. Yeah. And they were like, one of these characters has to die, and they yeah. weren't sure who it was gonna be, and it was Barrett for a long time. But then they decided it should be Aerith. And um, apparently there were plans to kill off like most of the party at one point. I'd heard that, yeah. That like you, you pick your final three members going into that last battle with Sephiroth and the rest of them I, die. I heard it was, the, it was the raid on Midgar. Oh, really? Yeah, that like anybody who you didn't, picking your party got killed which is so <laughs> stupid i'm so glad they did <laughs> yeah yeah and apparently like, like what was it... all these characters that you kill off screen at the very end it just yeah. sounds like the dumbest shit ever yeah but like and apparently nomura was the one to rein in katase on that one that's what i've that's what i've yeah. heard yeah so he, which is interesting you know, so in people kind of say he saved, saved the, the first one yeah yeah but it also goes back to this idea that like Namora doesn't like killing characters. Yeah. And this game is about death. Like, there's no... Yeah, this is very much oh. a game about life and death. Yeah. And how, and how they kind of coexist and how they don't necessarily need to be opposites. Yeah. Like, it's... Like, death is a return to the life stream. It's a return to wholeness with, like, what life is. Yeah. And you could see the ending as a happy ending because all of the people returned to the live stream and became part of a healthy planet again. Yeah. And and everyone was united in this oneness of the soul and all this shit. And it's just like, that's kind of beautiful. Like, yeah. And one thing like in that opening shot, like the very first opening shot, you know, in the demo, it was, you know, pretty much exactly the same from the original, but then like, when I first booted up the actual game and we were yeah, like following this bird over the desert and it's just like, whoa, this is, this is different. It was like shocking at first. And then it wasn't really until my, my second playthrough, I was like, oh yeah, like we're flying over like the desert and then you see Midgar and it's just like, there's no plant life. Like there's almost That's no like, life around Midgar because it's sucked up all the Mako. the original game too. There was this giant patch yeah. of dead land around Midgar. Yeah. And it took a while of exploring before you realized, oh, this is a beautiful world. Yeah. Like, this is a beautiful, lush fantasy world. Yeah. But we just don't know it because we've spent so much of this beginning of this game stuck in this dystopian city that mm -hmm. has completely killed everything about that world. Yeah. And that's what's so cool about, like, the progression of the original game, because you gradually open up and you see how vast and diverse, like, the, the possibilities of this game are. Yeah. And it's not going to have, there's, there's no way they can do it to the same effect with, like, the way they've done it here. So, I don't know. Also, what do you mean? Why, why can't they do that to the same effect? Well, we're just not going to be able to have that, like, leaving Midgar and seeing the world open up kind of thing. Because, like, we're going to start the next game outside of Midgar. So it's a whole yeah. new game with a whole new perspective. And so if you have, like, an if you come into this game with a big, wide world, then that's just the tone of this new game. Yeah, I that's guess. Not, I, like, I guess that's that's not, it's not a transition from one to the other. And, like... 
but it still kind of is because like it's it's, it's a it's continuation not, of the first I game quite the same it's and probably it's, not gonna have the same impact i guess yeah and it's not gonna have the same impact because they've already spoiled the main theme they've already played it like seven times yeah, yeah. so like you, you you don't get that like oh this is the game you don't get like this is the main overture this is like what we've been building towards and nah yeah like maybe they should have stuck with like the prelude song more throughout instead of yeah, I the think main they theme. Should've, they should have held on to the main theme a little bit longer yeah. before they dropped it in there. I mean, and I'm not opposed. To, I'm not opposed to them putting it in this game. I just think like walking around that sector seven slums is not necessarily where I want like. Yeah. Yeah. Like it just doesn't fit. Like I need. I want something a little bit more. Slummy. Yeah. Um, not to cr- not to critique the actual composition of the main like the the music in this game is by far the thing that I think is getting the, is the least controversial. I'm yeah, sure almost everyone unanimously fucking loves it. Yeah, even the per- um, people I've heard because I mean even kind of the same way you and I did. Like the the worst criticism I ha- I've heard is like the music is fantastic. It wasn't exactly used the best way, but it was fantastic. Yeah, the only points. Yeah, the only the only point in the game where I think the music is actually bad is the fucking pillar. Yeah, and it's and it's partially because they just stretch that battle music through what should be a a, cust, a should have been an orchestrated sequence. Yes, and I think the scene, I think the music they play when like Jesse and Biggs are dying is extremely melodramatic and like and takes the it. I don't like I don't like sappy music for sad scenes. I want just very minimalist like give me just like a soft piano that's just setting tones with minor chords and I yeah. want like let let the actor do the work. Yeah. Like don't don't push this this heavy string section on me because like I, it, it's it, not working. And honestly, there's a lot of times I feel like no music would even be better, you know? Yeah. It's just Sometimes you know that's almost that. more emotional when there's just no music and it's just like it kind of almost like sucks all of the emotion out of it and then just like allows the emotions to happen naturally. And I think they almost had like a great death scene for Jesse. Like, but they it like in, in in true fashion they like they took it a little too far. Like she does this thing where she like that when you first like meet her again after not seeing her for such a long time and she's throwing bombs and shit and you're like yeah Jesse's being Jesse and she comes back so strong yeah because like everybody's like a mess and then Jesse's just Jesse like she's yeah. still just in top form she's she's sassy she's cracking jokes she's yeah. blowing shit up yeah and she's prancing around like oh is that good enough for you yeah <laughs> and then like she, she turns a corner in this like fucking helicopter comes up and she's just blinded by light and like if you just saw her like stare into that light and then the just like fade to white yeah and then just hear fucking gunshots and just like oh fuck they just killed jesse yeah and then maybe you find her and you can have some sort of a death scene there or even even like just find her body 
Like, I feel like that would have been... her a final line, because her, her final lines weren't that good. Yeah. Like, there was nothing memorable in there that makes me think, like, oh, yeah, I'm so glad we found her and we're able to talk to her. Yeah. Like, it just feels like they kind of, like, they pushed it too far. Like, and they tried to make it way too sappy and way too... trying way too hard to make us feel sad here. Yeah. And I just didn't. It just didn't hit me. It didn't resonate with me. And I was, and it, and they set it up so well to resonate with me. Like I would, I felt more emotional going to meet Jesse's parents and like getting the backstory on her dad and shit than I did when she died. Oh yeah, yeah. And it's partially because I knew she was going to die, so I felt that like emotion preemptively. Yeah. But then when it actually happened, I was like, well, that didn't just that just didn't didn't play out quite like I thought it would or something like that. I don't know. It's hard to even put words to it, but I just yeah. like, I felt like the, the plate fall in general was very disappointing to me in a lot of ways. Yeah. Also because literally everyone survived. It. Yeah. Like, There's except the drunk dealer. No con. Yeah. Poor guy. Rest in peace, drunk dealer. Oh, and that girl who like keeps tally of how many monsters she he killed. She's dead. Oh yeah. I guess she doesn't come back. It's too bad. Yeah. She was cute. She was cute. Um, one thing I really liked was, like, the Shinra VR thing, like, when you walk into it, and, like, you're, you're on, like, this fucking Disney ride, like, through... Oh, it's an Epcot ride, yeah. An Epcot sure. ride, yeah, through yeah. the ancient, like, world. And Did you notice the Easter egg in there? I, I didn't see it. it. I heard about it. I, I yeah. have to pay more, closer attention to it. And, like, I don't even, honest, I'm gonna look it up right now. I don't know what Shinra looks like. I heard he, like, wears a mask or some shit. And I hope that is all it ends up being is just an Easter egg. I don't know. I I'm not, oh, okay, I've I never hated. I've never hated the. Uh, um. Oh wait. So it's a, it's is it actually it's in the VR scene? In, it's not there. It's actually in the picture. It's in the picture. Okay, beforehand. So that's even okay. more subtle than I thought it was. Yeah. As much as I, I'm not a fan of Final Fantasy X-2. Did, um, you, did you finish it? Did you ever finish it? Yeah, I did. I, yeah. I got the... I, there's like three different endings, and I got the worst ending because oh, yeah. I didn't realize that like when they were telling you you're 50% of the way through the game, they weren't counting 100% as... Literally, 100%. literally everything. Yeah. yeah, I thought I was just halfway through the story, and then I'm like, "Oh, this is the end." Yeah, <laughs> and I was like, "Well, fuck this game." And but um, uh, I didn't like Final Fantasy X too. I thought it was super cringe. But yeah. I, uh, I I've never played it. I've seen. I think I watched you play like the first hour or something. I don't. I don't, I don't hate the tie-in of Final Fantasy X to Final Fantasy Seven. Yeah. I think the idea that the that Spira is like the world of the ancients is kind of interesting. But the other cool thing about when they showed the ancients is it looked like classic Final Fantasy. Like you saw like old school airships flying around and yeah. you, just like everything looked like this is an early Final Fantasy game. Yeah. It, it looked is, cool as hell. Neat. And plus you were yeah. just you were just getting this this background information that I feel like 
we we were craving like that was that was one of those moments where it was like we wanted more information on the ancients and who they are and what they were and what they did and like they were giving that to us that was those yeah. one of those like changes that i thought was so good that i really wanted and i didn't realize how badly i wanted it until i got it <laughs> oh yeah oh no it was great it's one of that that's one of the best parts of the game for sure yeah. i that that shinra tour could have gone on three times as long <laughs> and i would have been so happy with yeah it. yeah like i just wanted to tour i just wanted to learn everything about shinra i wanted yeah. to go back to their whole history i wanted to learn about like how was the company founded and like yeah like when did they do these things and like what was the first mako reactor like who designed yeah. it and like all that kind of shit like i just wanted that would have been so I interesting just, i would have sat there for a massive exposition <laughs> yeah it's been like yes yeah yes <laughs> because the delivery was so good yeah and like although that was probably that one was of the more expensive parts of the game too so <laughs> yeah i you know i have no idea like i know jack shit about game development but like i'm sure that part was expensive well, that was an FMV sequence, the whole, uh... Yeah. That wasn't, like, that wasn't Unreal Engine that they used. To yeah, yeah. That. Which is Which weird, is but, like, more expensive, right? Or less expensive? I have no idea. I don't... I, I imagine it's slightly harder, just because, like, um... You kind of have to make it within the... I don't know. It's hard to say. I would like, think it would be less expensive, because it's just, like, one team working on one scene. Probably. And but it, there's I, I no interaction. They probably or... had a whole separate team that was developing those FMVs while everyone else was, like, building the game. Yeah. Because you have animators who are just, like, make these movies. And yeah, play them that's here. all it would be, yeah. And in terms of de designing the game, it's probably much easier to just, like, trigger a movie than to, like have all of these sequences take place i don't know i don't know enough about game design yeah, to any fucking authority on yeah this. but um you know what i started to feel towards the end though is when it would cut back and forth between like the fmvs and the uh back to the actual in-game graphics i think i like the in-game graphics better yeah you think yeah like when it would cut back and forth between like the two versions of cloud like the like the good graphics cloud looked kind of weird to me and it, it like, seemed like there were two well, i guess even like three levels of like graphics even in the game because like when you i feel like when you're just running around a, a town when you're doing side quests there's sometimes side quests, just real shitty graphics yeah i feel like this is almost like reverted to ps2 era yeah and then, like, and when there's, even when there's just, like, still in-game little cutscenes, I feel like they up, like, especially their facial graphics a bit more. And then, and then there's, like, the FMV. And especially, it seemed and like I think Aerith. It seemed like Aerith always she had looked a little very bit better different. graphics than everyone else. Especially, like, on my third playthrough, I was, like, that opening scene with her, like, the, the classic scene where she's praying at the, the Well, that's an example thing. of the actual, like, fmv like that was yeah. an actual movie and and that looked she looked very different in that than any other part of the game hmm. so I, I don't know if it was just like a different and then team at the or... end when like when they after they beat the whisper king thing and then they're like walking around in this the sky place from kingdom hearts and like uh like sephiroth like hears cloud and he turns and he looks at Aerith and she's like huh and then they go fight Sephiroth. Like, that scene, like, they're all, like, upped. Yeah. They're all in the special graphics. Yeah. And 
that I, I don't know. I just but, like them. I like the regular. Uh, yeah, the regular no, models better. I think I agree reason. with you too. I, I think I do agree with you there. Because like then there was the scene where like Cloud goes into that fight with Sephiroth at the edge of the universe or whatever it's called. Edge of creation. And, um, edge of creation. Yeah, and it starts as like a a, mov a movie sequence, and then like right before you actually go into the the sort of fight sequence it cuts back and i'm like there we go that's the cloud i know like that's the cloud i've spent this whole game with <laughs> yeah yeah like that's the cloud i feel like emotional attachment to when i see him because like this other cloud feels like it's a it's somebody new it's like i don't recognize this guy yeah like he's almost too real looking like yeah. that it it, it, it you gets get that into uncanny, the, like, valley. uncanny valley territory yeah. and i'm just like i don't like this yeah <laughs> And it's not Cloud. Like, Cloud's not a real person. So yeah. I don't want... I, I remember hearing, like, the developers talk about that. Like, they could have made all the characters look super realistic and, like, make make their bodies, you know, proportional to, like, a regular human body. And they decided to go against that and make them a bit more... Like, Barrett's body proportions are fucking weird. Like, no They're human being stuff. is built like that. But but that's Barrett. That is Barrett. That is the Barrett we know. And that, that, to me, that looks like Barrett. I think I think Aerith looks very much like a person. She looks more like a person than than anybody else. I'd maybe say. Tifa, because like oh, I, I think Tifa looks weird as fuck. I, I think she looks like a, like a. I think Tifa looks like Instagram an model. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I really don't like the way that Tifa was animated. And I remember thinking yeah. that immediately when I saw her in that E3 trailer, I was like, oh, yeah. oh god, as good as Aerith looks in this game, like that's the best they could do for Tifa. Like. Yeah. But at the same time, like she's she's dangerous territory because like oh, yeah. you over animate Tifa and it becomes something totally weird. Like I don't know. she was, I think, probably the hardest to get right. Out she of was any probably of them. the most controversial. About oh yeah, how you're gonna, like, I mean, how you're gonna she was the one story. that anybody I heard complain about. You know, yeah, she was the one that all the fucking incels were like, they made her boobs smaller. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, you would you want that like her boobs were already distractedly yeah. large <laughs> yeah. and like they and, and we're supposed to be told that like they shrunk them like yeah there were there were scenes when i'm just like oh my god tifa's tits <laughs> like get that shit off the screen like, <laughs> yeah it's like it, it just was like i don't know it's just times when it's it, it is just distracting distracting like, I yeah I, they could have taken her down another cup size and i would have been okay with that yeah I don't, just I don't because, really like, she's a good, like, she's, care. She's a good character. And <laughs> right. sometimes I just feel like she's disserviced by, like, the fact that, like, the first thing you think of when you, every time you look at her is those fucking giant bazoongas. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, at the end, there's just, like, a lot of cryptic shit that they left. That they left cryptic, I'm sure, on purpose for reasons so like this. So it, people would talk about it. So they it's got working. that. It is. It's working. I mean, we are nitpicking the shit out of this game. Where it's cool. I mean, that's that's one of the things that I think like I'm grateful for. And and I don't know if this would have happened regardless, or if the way they did the ending kind of spurred it to happen more. But I am seeing the most in depth culture of discussion around not just the remake, but Final Fantasy VII. Period. Yeah. Like, that I've just never had the pleasure of being able to find this so easily. Yeah. Like, and, and like just being I, able to find intelligent people, like, talking deep about this game. Yeah. And, and, and I haven't seen a community like this, on, like, since Lost, you know? 
with everybody's yeah. got their their two cents and their theories. And that's part and... of what scares me, I think, is because like there's aspects of this that remind me very much of Lost and remind me very much of Game of Thrones. Yeah, and I think both of those turned out they had no idea what they were doing. Yeah, like they and and I'm just and I don't know if being and I ended up loving Lost. I ended up loving the way they ended it because in spite of not having a, a cohesive explanation for what was going on, they pulled it together and made it like an emotional story that resonated with me personally. Game of Thrones, not at all. Game of Thrones was an absolute train wreck at the end. And um, after being kind of burned by these stories that you just have faith and you follow, not knowing where they're going... I just wanted a game that we knew the ending to. I just yeah. wanted a story to play out where we have the first, second, third, fourth, and fifth act written. Yeah. And we just, all we have to do is make every story beat flow together a little bit better than it did yeah. the first time. Yeah. And we have this great opportunity to tell a tight story that makes cohesive sense because we have the whole thing. And they yeah. decided, no, we're going to do the mystery box. Yeah. And, and that's thought, that's the fuck. that's probably the biggest difference between Lost and Game of Thrones and, and this is like Lost was just fresh. It was completely new. I had no source material yep. to go off of. Game of Thrones had a great, fantastic source material. It just wasn't finished. But it still didn't have an ending. Yeah. It, it, but but this it's Final Fantasy VII. It's done. It's out. It's complete. It's been it's done, done for twenty three years. You have the entire source material. Yeah. And then you've got some spinoffs that you can add to it if you wanted. You know, which if I'm glad they did. That, but like. Phil to fill in gaps and shit yeah you got that's all you needed to do and they've proved themselves to be very competent about fleshing out some of the side shit like yeah. they 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 definitely know how to hit the core spirit of this game and like bring it to and bring it to light but they still want to make mysteries hmm. and i don't i don't know i i I don't know. I almost wondering if like as a society, and I don't know if it's just the most jaded amongst us that have been on this train through Lost and through Game of Thrones yeah. and through this other shit. The train we've been on a lot. Yeah, and I wonder if we're moving into this like post-mystery way of storytelling. That it's like, yep, the mysteries are cool like building a whole story around like how are we going to answer these questions is like fun but the payoff is never there yeah the payoff never as good as as the question the answer is never as good as the question that's what jj abrams said but at some point you need to acknowledge yeah but everyone's here for the answer yeah so like if you are creating a story that will inevitably disappoint don't do that yeah because like, there, there's there's a lot of great stories out there that don't have mystery and they don't have like they don't have a big twist or a big surprise like they're just good stories. But they plant seeds, and they pay off. Yeah, and they have payoff, and and it's just like oh yeah, I, I guess we've been building this up for a while, and like Final Fantasy Seven like kind of did that in the original game but could have done that even better in the remake yeah but they still chose to take the risk and go down an uncharted course that maybe i'm just way too pessimistic 
but unless they are going to transcend the limitations of almost everyone who's come before them, they're doing this with a subject matter that you can almost never get right. Yeah. And that is time travel. Like, it just sucks. Like, no one is good at telling a time travel story. Yeah. Bill and the Ted did it, and that's about as good right. as it's going to get. Who? Bill and Ted. Yeah, the, the only ways you do it right is just by making it silly. Yeah. Like, Bill and Ted is good. Doctor Who is good because no one is thinking, like, well, this doesn't make sense. It's like, it's goofy. It's for kids. Yeah. Like, who gives a fuck? Yeah. Like, you can't make time travel, like, work in an intelligent way. Yeah. Because it's just, a, it's, it's an impossible concept to grasp. And it's, it's full of too many complications and too many, like... Because even now, I'm, I'm racking my brain to think about, like, where, who, what, where did Sephiroth come back from? Where did he go back to? What is he doing for most of the game? Yeah. And how is this ripple effect affecting things beyond, like, just how he's interacting with you? And how are you going to do anything the same after being thrown off course by Sephiroth? And also, if Aerith is also time-traveling, how... It's just, there's so many plot holes now. that like It's like they fixed some plot holes, but they created like 4 billion new ones. Yeah. And that's just, that's frustrating, because it wasn't necessary. Yeah. And that's just, that was, that was Danny's whole... It like thing he was like it just didn't feel necessary <laughs> yeah it wasn't and it's 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 the i mean honestly the original final fantasy 7 story is already pretty complicated it you is know? and it's overwhelming how they're it gonna is. tell it all it, it, and and yeah and then they just added this whole other time and travel then they made it way harder for themselves separate timeline yeah and they <sighs> may not get out of the park i mean it's possible it's possible I'd, highly unlikely, but it's possible. It is highly unlikely, and that's the that's what make kind of makes me sad is because like, and the other thing that really makes me sad, I think more than anything else, is the fact that like the first game is such a good story as the as the as the remake has kind of shed light on it. It, it there's a lot of really complex stuff going on that the first game doesn't very doesn't do a very good job of really illustrating. You have to fill in the gaps yourself a lot. You you do. You really have to, like... And it was something that Danny was saying to me um, when you were to, in the bathroom or something. He was like, this Final Fantasy VII feels like, like what you thought the old Final Fantasy VII was. And I'm like, no, this just was always Final Fantasy VII. It's just like they always... They, they never gave you all the pieces. And what pieces they did give you were mistranslated, poorly written, and rushed. So, like, the good story now will never really exist. Because, and, and that's what I was hoping for. I was hoping for a, 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 a definitive version. I was yeah, hoping for yeah. a version that was so good that people wouldn't go back to the old game. Yeah. And people, we could just let this be this dated relic that was like, yeah, if you want to go and like experience like with the roots, then like this is a fun little exercise to play like the original Final Fantasy VII. But like yeah. for all intents and purposes, just play the remake because most yeah. people hate turn-based combat. 
So like you're going to get a much wider audience to a game that doesn't force you to do that. Even like regardless of turn-based combat, like old games, they're just hard to get into if you don't have the nostalgia. Like I I just recently went back back and for the first time played Half-Life. Fucking hated it, man. I just, I, by the end of that game, I, I, and I, well, I I can't even say I beat it. I got to the final boss and I got so pissed off. I I rage quit. I never, I never rage quit. I fight through that shit. Yeah. But like with Half Life, and it was just like it just didn't age well, and I'm sure people are gonna hate on me for this, but like I just I did not like it. Yeah. But I'm sure if I played it back in '97 or even even five years after, you know, I probably would have enjoyed it more and appreciated it more. But there's just so many quality of life things that have come with experience of video games, like. And so 23 years is a stuff. yeah it's 23 years is a huge difference in video games it's huge unlike any other medium so oh yeah a lot and video lot games like new... in general don't age well yeah like once once a video game once video game technology has become out of date it's not like going back and watching casablanca yeah it's like no this game doesn't hold up like it, this it, isn't fun anymore yeah and you have to because, get through like, it yourself we know what you can do yeah and it's yeah, it's it's not like a two hour experience where you can just sit and suffer through it, even if you don't right. like it. Like you have to. But I wouldn't even work say you suffer through, through, through Casablanca. Because, no, like, no, not, not at all. It's, it's a it's, great it's movie, a movie to this day, even yeah. though they didn't have like you look at certain things and you kind of laugh at like oh they zoomed in on a yeah. map and it just faded into yeah like I mean, but and that's not what I'm saying, but like yeah, but what with this new new players to the Final Fantasy Seven genre or franchise whatever you want to call it like they all feel like they're gonna have to go back and play the original to understand what's going on in there and you and you you do or you at least have to like watch someone play it or you know go to a wikipedia page and read every story plot point and understand you have to understand the full story to be able to appreciate fully appreciate that that ending but but then i also wonder an ending that most people um, don't like (laughs) We're hyper focusing on like split second shots because we know what they are, and an and an unversed player would just like overlook certain things. Yeah, yeah, and like just think, oh, this is weird mystery stuff. Yeah, like I'm not supposed to understand, and they'll probably forget about most of it until it becomes relevant again. Yeah, and maybe as fans we're actually at a disadvantage for interpreting this game for the way you're supposed to because like there's yeah. a thing that like i remember the first time i played the game i thought what the fuck are they showing this for yeah when like cloud when is it, lowering Aerith into the water well and then even I remember, before in my that second playthrough i was like oh you can't actually see who that is like you can yeah. kind of tell that that's cloud but there's there's no way to tell who it is he's putting in the water yeah and and so, like, unless you know who what's you're seeing, you're just seeing nothing. And I guess, and you don't even know like what he's doing standing in the middle of the water. Like, it's it's from my you know from that split second that I remember, it's like just a fuzzy thing. Like, you don't even know if he's holding a person or holding anything or yeah. It's just it's you know, kind it's of like this... a light. Like you see this like light that kind of yeah. like blurs Aerith out. But like I just you, remember you don't know he's the like the first time I play that like why are you showing this yeah and like, I remember like that first like real flashback of the when you're in the church the first time with Aerith and like the you know you see the materia like the white material bouncing, bouncing yeah. yeah I was just like 
the fuck are they doing? Why are they doing this now? Like, that's insane. Well, I remember thinking that because I'm thinking, like, what is this? Some fucking end of Lost shit? Are we getting flashed forwards into, like, a life that we, like, once lived? Yeah. And, like, because I saw the fucking final trailer, I, like, kind of knew what the whispers were. Because, like, Red 13 explains it in the trailer, which is dumb as fuck. Yeah. But, like... Square Enix is never going to release a game that they don't entirely spoil two weeks before it comes out. Yeah. Um, have you watched the latest Last of Us trailer? No. Neither have I, and I'm not I'm going not following, to. I'm not following Last of Us 2 that closely. Yeah. And I'm, I'm I don't not know on I'm purpose because that game, to be honest. Really, God, I'm so fucking excited. I man. just thought, like, does the, do we need a sequel to that game? Do we need one? No. I mean, but should there do be I a want one? That game, I think I'm going to rephrase that because, like, I th- the story felt yes. complete and the gameplay was never fun. So, like, I don't know if I want to play another Last of Us. I do. I really want to. Oh, you do. Okay. Yeah. No, I'm really excited I, I for it, man. I loved the story. I just thought the gameplay was awful. Yeah, I can see that, and it's, it, you know, it's an it's an older game. It's yeah, you know, maybe they might. Amp, they might refresh it a little. Oh, bit. I'm sure. I'm sure they are. Make it a little bit smoother. But like, I mean, Ellie was so young in that first game. Like, I'm excited to see her older and see what they're gonna do with her. And yeah, and Ellie's from just from a what really good character. Oh yeah, like, like from what little I've seen from the you know, like I I try not to watch too many trailers because of spoilers and I, video games are video games for a reason because the best way to experience them is to actually play them. And it's yeah, it's different watching than actually playing. But like Final th- Fantasy VII, I made an exception because I'm just so fucking thirsty for anything for that game that I like. And I and it was a remake. Game. We we thought we kind of knew what was going to go in generally, and yeah. And I just but didn't Final think Fantasy Square Enix would show you as much as they showed you in that final trailer. I was like, yeah. oh man, we're every sing- I saw the end of the game here. Yeah. Like whatever. But I, I think Ellie's got a lot of. Again, from what little I've seen, she's got a lot of Joel in her now. You know, you can kind of see the influence that Joel had on her. That makes sense. Yeah. And I, I'm really excited to see that. But that's that's Last of Us. We, well, I'm excited. I'm, sure I'm excited for Cyberpunk too. Yeah. Just because I because it's CD Projekt Red. Yeah. And they fucking killed it with The Witcher Three. And if they can do something like that with the Cyberpunk setting, like fuck, that's gonna be cool as hell. But Pro- probably as excited as you are for that is as excited I am for Last of Us, because I mean I'm excited I mean, for I, Cyberpunk I fully as well. But to play both. Yeah, same here. I just I. Uh... We just have I don't know the last kind of, of switch levels of excitement. Yeah, basically. Mm, I wonder how long it's going to be until we start getting like stuff for the next game. Yeah, that's. Do you think the I, next I just, three they're going to be ready to like send out a teaser? Or do you think we're going to have to wait a whole year before? Do you mean like? Well, they, I mean they're not doing E three this year at all, right? Yeah. So you mean like twenty twenty one E three? Maybe. Because E three would be happening like now, right? Or it's like June, isn't it? Or June or July? Yeah, I think it'd be next month. About yeah, about this time next month, I think. Um. Yeah, maybe yeah, next you, year. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw it next a, year. I gotta get our trailer for or our teaser trailer for Final Fantasy VII Remake Two. 
I I think I would be more surprised if it was next year than the following year. I could see it coming next year because it, you know it's a continuation. I would hope that we'd have something by next year because oh. that would mean if we don't have anything by next year, that means like it's gonna be like years before. And yeah. and the one thing that Namora said that like I really like is, and I kind of hint, I kind of brushed over this and the conversation with the three of us where he's saying like listen we can either make like these big epic games that you guys seem to think that we can just cram out or we can make these small focused games and just really flesh out a part of the original game and we can bring these out like every two years yeah or you can wait six years and we can bring you an open world disc one yeah it, but like that's something I heard, like, Night Sky Prince and, um, like, Soldier First Class. They were kind of like, you know, if... if I think the games would have been fine if they were, like, 30, 40 hours. But people just kind of expect, like, 60, 70, 80-hour games out of a JRPG. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah. I would have been very happy with a 30-hour game. And when they said that, like, I was like, yeah, I was totally expecting a 60, 70-hour game. And, like, I would have been upset if it wasn't that. But, like thinking about it more logically is like they could have just packed this game into 30 40 hours and and it would have been Cut out some even better quests, maybe really shorten the fucking sewers and yeah. fucking train graveyard cuz like the shit that just dragged yeah cuz like god of war i think is was the best game of the last decade and i mean it's i think i beat it in 24 25 hours you know that that was just, and it was a good concise, you know, it never got dull game. So I think we just a lot of that is just like perceptions and expectations, you know. So going forward, you know, with that in mind, I think I'd be happy with shorter games, you know, as long as as long as I get, you know, as long as they maintain the quality. Like, yeah, and that's the big thing. Like they really, I want them to make to keep up this production value. I want them to keep up this attention to detail. I want them to keep up this, like, when you go into a scene, every single character in your party has something to contribute to the scene. It's not just, like... It just always feels like you're... It always feels like you're watching a movie, and then you're playing a game, and then you're watching a movie again, and then you're playing a game. And I loved that. And I want the, I want the whole game to feel like that. Yeah. Uh, the whole story, I mean, whatever you, we have to call it. But. Yeah. Um, but then there are things like the fucking, when you jump off the train and you run through the train tracks. Yeah. Like in chapter five, I think. Yeah. God, that just was way too long. (laughs) Yeah. Like, it's just like all, all that shit just is like, this could have been half as long as it was. I hated, I hated, hated, hated the, uh, the, the lights. The lights. Oh Yeah. Like, that's an entire chapter of just turning off lights. Yeah. And the the only Another saving... Another entire chapter is, like, meeting Eris, fighting Reno, escaping the church, going <laughs> yeah. back, meeting her mom, coming back around, going through Sector fucking 6, and then you get to Walmart and you start the next chapter. Yeah. That's an entire chapter. So yeah. is turning off the lights <laughs> to get to the second Mako reactor. Yeah. Like... Come on, guys. Like, how did you fucking pace this game? Yeah. Like, 
it, the only saving grace to that is just the dialogue and the banter between characters. Yeah, Tifa and Barrow it's just fun. Yeah. Yeah. In the same way that the only saving grace of the fucking sewers is like the the Tifa Aerith friendship that's blossoming. Yeah. Like, and it's just like you guys are the best fucking couple of this game. Like, <laughs> yeah. And I almost feel like that's that's they're doing something deliberate there. Like that there there's an element like and and it really stood out to me the second playthrough that like the first really defiant against fate moment was when Aerith is like in the swirl of fucking ghosts. Yeah. And she's like, I'm losing something every time they touch me. And then like Tifa just grabs her and pulls her out. And she's like, we got you. Yeah. And she like, and that's the moment where they kind of unofficially decide, no, fuck this. We're fighting fate. Yeah. And that was like, and, and they do something cool because like Cloud in order to be Cloud can't be the hero. Like he can't do all these heroic noble things that like you kind of need the main character to do to advance the plot. But Cloud's not that guy. Like, he's the guy who kind of stands there indifferently and is like, I'm going to do what absolutely needs to be done, but don't expect me to be, like, nice or caring. Yeah. So, like, Tifa kind of steps up to be that sort of classic hero. And she sort of is that, like, knight in shining armor for Aerith that Cloud won't be. Yeah. And I, that's, that's interesting. Yeah. It's, I like it, that. And and just like on the topic of character development, I loved how much Barrett was truly a leader in this. Like there were oh, so moments sure. where yeah. he stood up and he was like, "Listen, I'm the leader here." Like especially like right after the first bombing, and you like get out right before you like see the devastation and you that hear you the caused. Shinra theme, and he makes that big speech. Yeah, that is so good. And he's like, "Put all your problems on me. I got you." And he's like, and I want to see that that you know leadership throughout. You know. And even, like, in a moment where they totally nerfed Barrett in the original and sort of just, like, cut off his balls and made him a pointless character, like, when they're, like, they leave Midgar and they're, like, who should be the leader? Clap! Yeah. And Barrett's like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, he, like, remained strong and central. And, like, he was kind of the final decision of, like, okay, if they're coming after the planet, then, like, this is Avalanche needs to take care of this. Yeah. And it he seemed had like that... everyone was waiting for Barrett's call there. Yeah. To be like, yep, this is what we're doing, guys. Yeah. And that's cool. I mean, they've the Barrett is a much better character in this version than he was in the original. Yeah. Aerith is too. Yeah. And Cloud is as good. And Tifa's getting there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think I think Cloud is where he needed to be, though. You know, Cloud is perfect. Yeah, yeah, Cloud is Cloud. And I've heard some people. I saw some people complain that they were really frustrated that like he didn't have enough character growth in this game. And I was just it's like, the but first Cloud's game. not supposed to grow at all. Like it's it's the first game. Like he's still kind of an asshole when you leave Midgar. Yeah. Like you're not really gonna. And he like, did still have a bit of growth, though. He like, did. He cracked. You saw cracks yeah. in his demeanor. Like, he's yeah. starting to smile, like, when they're walking up the thing, and, like, they're like, hey, Cloud, are you going to help us rebuild Sector 7? He's like, oh, for a price. And they yeah. all just kind of laugh about it. Yeah. It's like, there, there's a there's a progression there. Yeah. And, and something... I, I, people keep saying that this game needed to feel like a whole game in and of itself. Like, it needed to have a beginning, middle, and an end. And I totally get that. 
But like I, I, I did, but it didn't need to have in the way that it did. I don't know. Yeah, but like I think of Lord of the Rings. Like yeah. I remember watching the first Lord of the Rings, and I was just super young, and I didn't know going into it that there were going to be parts three and two and three. Yeah. And I was just like that the movie just like ended. I was like, what what the fuck? He still got the ring? Like what what the hell is happening? And it's just like him and Sam just like walking off into the distance. And it's just like But it was awesome. But it was so good. Yeah. And it's you didn't need this big flashy ending. Like you could have just ended it with them at the end of the highway, just like walking, just like looking, looking at what's go what's gonna happen next. Like it that's still just like such a a like wonder of like what's gonna happen anything could happen what i wish they would have kind of done there one i i I, pl- I played out the whole way that i think rogue should have been like the, the final yeah. boss yeah and i, I think that would have more concisely closed this chapter of the story without forcing in some shit that doesn't need to be there mm-hmm. and then the last scene should have could have been them like setting off and then you just get this like flyover of like the world yeah and and that maybe this is the first moment where you really hear like the main theme and like all its fucking glory as yeah you just like fly over like gaia yeah and you just see just mountains and birds and, and rivers chocobos and, and monsters like and chocobos herds of and chocobos just, and yeah, and yeah. just giant, like, majestic beasts, and maybe you fly over to the other continent, and you go over Gold Saucer, and you just think, like, what yeah. is all this shit? Like, <laughs> yeah. are we gonna get to see all of this world? Yeah. It's like, this is huge! Yeah. Oh, that would have been amazing, man. Like, oh. And, and you give And you, and give you see everybody... this city with a giant cannon sticking out of it, and you see yeah. fucking Wu-Tai, and... Oh. Fly over Wu Tai. Yeah, and, man. And maybe end up at Northern Crater, and you fly in, and you yeah. close in on this sleeping Sephiroth. Yeah. And then you cut to black. And you're giving them everything. You're giving them everything they want, yeah. but you're not ruining any of the story because it's all still there. And yeah. Nothing spoiled. It's just teased. Yeah. And that's that's what. I wish they would have had the artistic restraint to like make this game that way, to just be like, just tease all the good shit, but recognize that like this is build up. Yeah. Like this, this is, is part one. Yeah, this is essentially a prologue to the rest of the story. Yeah. This is exposition and, that they set up very very well, and and I do, should, and I'm in. Yeah. It should that that, that good exposition should keep you interested enough for the rest of the games and call me a purist whatever yeah, I, I think know. the original introduction of sephiroth is perfect like it is one of the true great strokes of genius in final fantasy 7 they they hint this character that everyone just kind of like references, everyone knows who he is, everyone talks about him with varying degrees of reverence, but you never really get an idea of who he is until all of a sudden it's implied after you fight your way through the fucking hardest, like, never-ending dungeon and then get to the top only to get captured and realize, like, we don't stand a fucking chance. Then this guy comes in, 
makes easy work of everything, leaves a trail of blood through the place, kills the main antagonist of the game at that point, and then you're like, wait, who the fuck is, who the fuck is Sephiroth? Then you go and you get this huge backstory on him. Yeah. You get this exposition dump that is, like, really fun. And, and you get him in the party, and you just get this huge difference between the damage you've been doing throughout the game, and you see this guy just slaying dragons. Yeah. And you think, like, this game just turned into something radically different. Yeah. And, like, that was the moment of genius in Final Fantasy VII. Like, that was the first true moment of genius in Final Fantasy VII, was that, that Sephiroth reveal. And they just... They just fucking, they fumbled that, in my opinion. And I mean, that, that's kind of the, the classic Final Fantasy formula. Like, you start out the game, they tell you, you know, what the rules are, what, what, who the main villain is, what, what your end goal is. And then at some point, like, they shift it and turn it on its head, and you're like, nope, this is the real story, like, what you've been doing all along. Like, and Final Fantasy VII, to be fair, does that about four times. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I mean, and I can see the argument that like that's what they were doing with this ending is flipping it, but they flipped it too early and too hard, I guess, you know? It, yeah, and in a way in a way that makes earned. No, it well, absolutely wasn't earned because we don't know who Sephiroth is. We don't know who Zack is. We don't really know who Genova is. Yeah. Fuck, we don't really know who Rufus is. Like, yeah. Like, as much as it was a little weird in the original game, this game suffers from not giving Rufus his speech. Yeah. Because, like, there was a... There's, there's something about, like, really laying out the difference between Rufus and his father. That, like... President Shinra was just a fucking cold hard capitalist and his sole motivation was like I'm trying to make money. I want to be rich, I want to be comfortable, and I want other people to be rich and comfortable. But ultimately I'm a, I'm a fucking capitalist. Like I'm here to make as much money as possible and nothing is going to stand in my way. And he more or less has that speech at the end. Yeah. Like where he like lays that out really well. And then Rufus comes along because, like, you think you've taken out the bad guy, and then Rufus comes along, he's like, no, I'm gonna go with just straight fascism. I'm just gonna, I just, I'm just gonna run shit with fear. And I'm, and anybody who gets in my way, I'm probably gonna kill him. Yeah. And, like, that's the way shit's gonna be now. <laughs> and you're like, oh, fuck. It's like the scene at the end of fucking the first season of Breaking Bad where they kill the one, they, they kill the, the, the Mexican cartel guy, and then Tuco comes and along, Tuco, and they're like, yeah. "Oh fuck, this guy's yeah. way worse." Yeah, and it's like we fucked up by killing the other guy. Yeah, like, <laughs> and 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 Final Fantasy VII beat Breaking Bad to that plot point. Yeah, to that plot twist. <laughs> yeah, and it yeah. and it was really cool. And I mean, shit, Rufus is still cool. Rufus will always be cool, but oh, like. Yeah. But I don't feel like new players are going to appreciate what Rufus means to the story. Because, like, we don't really know anything about him. Yeah. Like, going out of the At first. this point, it's kind of one of those things that they, they now have to fill in their own gaps. Yeah. Like, they don't really know why Rufus is 
better or worse or e even any different than his dad. And maybe for the goal of like keeping people talking about this game for two, three years, however long it takes to bring out the record, maybe that serves, maybe a lot of this shit serves a better purpose, not having like fulfilled concrete like story developments. Like it's just all kind of up in the air and they're going to explain all this sh shit in the next game. Yeah. Early. Like I really 100% believe that like we are going to open the game pre-credits in the flashback yeah and we're gonna have a late title sequence it's gonna be very That'd be cool reminiscent though. That'd be of, cool. like kingdom like the way that kingdom hearts always like yeah has a long intro except yeah. for three because three they just decided fuck everything that's good about this franchise and we'll just yeah. fucking fumble through whatever the fuck we want to do yeah but um kingdom hearts 2 kingdom has, hearts like, 2 maybe one of the best openings of any game ever yeah and you spend a fuck ton of that game grinding side quests as a character that you're not sure why you should give a fuck about yeah and like i remember getting to a point in kingdom hearts 2 where i actually picked up the back of the box and i'm like yeah okay cloud and sephiroth are, are in this game <laughs> yeah <laughs> um like mickey mouse and everybody yeah this is still kingdom hearts like because you're like two hours in and you don't even recognize any characters yet yeah and you're like but then they turn it around and you're like, God, that was perfect. That was so fucking good. And then the rest of the game is not nearly as good as the <laughs> beginning. And you're just like... <laughs> but I, 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 could, I could see him doing something similar. I could see him doing the whole Nibelheim flashback and then giving you that Final Fantasy VII. Yeah, boom, that'd be really cool. I would like that. It. Yeah. And then cutting to the Zack timeline, of course. And... Oh yeah, because that's 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 how we do things now. That's where we go next. Yeah. <sighs> I don't know. I think we kind of. I feel like we have hit every point on this. I I figured we wouldn't <laughs> go over all yeah, these, but I'm glad we we did. Oh, one thing, one thing I I really like to say now, which I didn't really get a chance to say yet, and it's in my notes, so I'm gonna say it. We talked a little bit about the Buster Sword and how cool it is that you can you can you can stick with the Buster Sword pretty much the entire game. Like, sure, get the skills off of the other weapons, but then like then you back. you can have the Buster Sword pretty much throughout the whole game. And That's and really at the, the at the end of the game, the yeah, sword. yeah, no, because and really, you know, it depends on your play style. But the Buster Sword is the best sword in the game. It's the most balanced weapon. It's the most balanced for sure. And I'm so glad they did that because of the buster sword has got its own history it's yeah. it's a character in and of itself especially with crisis core like yeah. Crisis core turned the buster sword into its own character yeah yeah and it's you know it's this legacy of final fantasy 7 as a whole you know it's i just had to had to get that in there it's the only final fantasy 7 character to appear in final fantasy 9 does it yeah, the Buster Swords in Final Fantasy IX. Oh, really? In a weapon shop, yeah. Oh, shit. I did not did not realize that. I'll probably, probably Google that. Buster Sword. You remember what, like, city it's in, or? I think it's in uh, Lindblom. I don't remember specifically, though. Hmm. 
What is it? I, like, there's like three pictures up here at the top that like so it must be in here. Oh yeah, I remember even this line. Now that I'm, Zidane says, I remember a guy with spiky hair who carried something like this. That's right. Oh man, I completely forgot about that. That's cool. So yeah, the Buster Sword yeah. is fucking iconic. It is. And they did a good job of like creating a, a system that allows you to still have all the other because people love the other weapons too. Like the nail bats. Yeah. Fun. Yeah, it's it's fun. It's cool. Um, and I loved uh, I loved going into Punisher mode with the nail bat when you're just like, bam! yeah, and it just like, hits that home run. Literally knock characters out of the screen. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's it's amazing. It's yeah. so fun. Yeah. It's like fucking Super Smash Brothers, and it's like. And that's, again, one of those just, like, updates that a lot of games are just kind of doing now. And I know I talk about God of War a lot, but, like, that's kind of how God of War is. Like, like you, you, there's not one best armor. There's just, like, armors with different skills. What, it, what, the way you want to play. The way game. you want to play, yeah. What you, do you want to focus on damage? Do you want to focus on defense? Do you want to focus on health? You know, do you want to focus on special attacks? You know, and you can play it however you want, and that's and you know what? you can still and, upgrade and, your equipment, but you can focus on what you like and how you like to play. In my entire first like playthrough, and and even my second playthrough, like when I went back and was like, I need to actually finish this on normal. Um, I remember thinking like the one mechanic that doesn't make any sense to me because I can't figure out why you'd ever use it was Chadley's like reset weapon upgrade thing. Oh yeah. Until I maxed out. And then I went back, and the first thing I did in my hard mode New Game Plus was I went and reset every single one of my <laughs> yeah. weapons. And I'm yeah. like, I am going to rebuild this knowing every single option I have. Yeah. And, like, customize every single one of these weapons so it's like, this is my main weapon. This is my brute strength weapon. This yeah. is my magic weapon. Yeah. Like, this is my... You got to play like, to the, each weapon's strength. Yep. And and you and you got you need Chadley for that because like you're gonna fuck up the weapons your first playthrough because you get the upgrades as they come yeah and then you don't get your last set of upgrades until you're like until you beat hard, hard mode, mode you have to yeah. you have to beat all of hard mode and get all you of have the to beat... oh so there's a whole nether level after you no get no no no, no I'm sorry six? no I'm I, that's not what I meant like the <laughs> the just the manuscripts. Oh yeah, the manuscripts. Yeah, because yeah. like you can't fully max out your weapons until you get all of the manuscripts. But like, right? But you have to play. But you hard don't mode even to get unlock. That. You don't even unlock the last core until you've essentially gotten to level fifty and then gotten yeah. your first extra manuscript from hard mode. Yeah, yeah. So like, you have to start playing in hard mode before you can really understand how good your weapon could potentially be. Yeah, yeah. And you don't and, know how to build it. And and honestly, you would be stupid to not build it up while you're leveling up and getting stronger. Yeah, of course, because so, otherwise your your weapon's gonna suck. Yeah. But like so then you really have to go back at the end and completely scrap it and rebuild it like yeah. and optimize it. Yeah. So and that's it's a good great that they, mechanic that I thought was so pointless yeah. when they first explained <laughs> it to me. And I was like, why would I ever do this? Yeah. Why would I ever just reset all of my upgrades? Yeah. And fucking Chadley, dude. <laughs> I like. What do you like him or you don't like him? I mean, it's fucking Chadley. <laughs> like I don't. 
I don't know. I mean, he's the most. He's the... <laughs> Man, I love Chadley. I don't care. I love Chadley. <laughs> Cloud. No matter where you go, yeah. no matter what the fuck context is going on, yeah. you just run into a new, a new, a new city, and you turn a corner. Yeah. And no matter how out of place it may seem, like... oh, Chadley. Cloud. <laughs> Cloud. I've developed some new material. Oh, hey, Chadley. <laughs> Oh, and, he, and oh my god, when you get to fucking Shinra headquarters and you come out of that VR training, yeah. and you're talking to the like mayor's guy, and yeah. in the background, and you just see, you just see yeah. Chadley staring at you, and you're yeah. like, what the fuck what are you Chadley doing here? <laughs> and it's so creepy, he's just like yeah. watching you, and you're just yeah. thinking like, this is really weird. Oh man, <laughs> although the, like, you, you, so you know, yeah, you you know what Chadley is. Yeah, he's a he's a cyborg created he's by Hojo. By Hojo. Yeah. Okay, a couple of things with that. I liked Chadley as just like a kid who was just on the spectrum and who was awkward and like I was kind of like, oh, that's cool that they kind of have this yeah. like representation of that. Yeah. So I, I wish yeah, they would have kept that. Or kind of leaned into that a little bit. Yeah. Or he, you know, ended they up. They have cloud already though, so. <laughs> yeah. But but like they also kind of ruined him by saying you know oh cloud i look up to you and you set me free and now i'm like no longer really working with hojo i think it would have been better had had like he just been this whole time i have been collecting data for hojo and like now hojo knows everything about you and you're fucked but but the reason they didn't do that is because you know chadley as a mechanic through the rest of these fucking games yeah and so, like, you're going to go to Junon, and you're going to turn a corner. <laughs> oh, Cloud! I've developed new material! I, I'm uh, serious. I was not joking when I said I fully anticipate to be in Northern Crater at the end of the game, and Chadley is going to fucking be there. Yeah. In <laughs> fact, you know what I think? Chadley's going to be on the fucking Highland. Chadley oh, yeah, is gonna he's going to have to be. Fucking, he's going to be the fucking guy that you go up and talk to and he's like thank you for a job well done and you can like restore your mp or save or something yeah yeah like that's gonna be chadley that's gonna be chadley or chadley's gonna be somewhere like they'll probably just be a bench but like yeah. chadley <laughs> will be on the highland yeah once you get the highland yeah and so will chocobo sam oh yeah of course that's gonna be great Fuck that. I can, can you imagine if we just get all these characters together on the fucking Highland? Yeah, man. And we're just all just this unified fucking army that's ready to fucking fight Sephiroth and Shinra and shit. Yeah. Ooh, God, that'll be good. Oh, so good. good. I love the new characters. Yeah. As much as I give Kyrie shit, she's even not terrible. She's alright. Yeah. I just think she's a fucking scuffed Yuffie and just save that shit for Yuffie. Why do you have to fucking force this character <laughs> i i hated the fucking angel of the slum side quests yeah like i don't know it didn't really bother me it was fine uh, like, there was one good line the there, like uh between kyrie and like the angel of the slums yeah don't like, rummage around and people wipe your own ass yeah. before you rummage around other people's yeah shit. yeah <laughs> like that line might have been worth both of those characters but the stupidity of how obvious it was who the angel of the slums was, and then yeah, and how people no one mystery. like no one picked up on it. And like yeah. when she finally reveals it, 
I think Tifa is the one who's like, what? Well, <laughs> like, to be fair, how though, did you not realize that? Tifa wasn't there for the rest of the investigation. Like, that was the first guess, time Tifa yeah. had actually met that. Chick. I guess, yeah. Like, it was Aerith and Cloud that did all the other side quests with her. Yeah, I guess I'm just looking at it, like, from the player's perspective. Not all right, the actual so character. Tifa, why t the weirder question is, like, why does Tifa even know who this woman is? Well, if she's the Angel of the Slums, I feel like everybody in the Slums knows her. Or no, they knows know the Angel of the Slums, of, but she wouldn't her. know who, like, Myrie, Myrie yeah. or whatever her name was. She yeah. wouldn't have recognized her and drawn any significance from her being... Or maybe but just she still could have just been excited. Someone was the angel of the slums would be yeah. like, "Oh wow, that's yeah. big!" Like the, she's yeah. kind of been this legend throughout the slums, and once you finally find out who who it is, like doesn't matter who it is, it'd be exciting and be like, "Oh, I finally know who the angel of the slum is." You know what I think they should have done? Tell me. I think they should have made the train go throughout a side quest. How could they have done that? I don't know. I mean, they could they have. Just, they like, should have just sped, speed versioned you through it the first time just to get to the fucking pillar because, god damn it, you need to get to that pillar. Like, yeah. especially, like, the worst moment of of the game for me is immediately preceding one of the best moments of the game is when you you're, you you get through the the first boss in the, in the ghost train graveyard and they're like, okay, like, they've... They've added quite a bit to this, but now we're ready to, like, move on with the yeah. story. And you get to that point where you're actually moving the trains, and you're like, okay, we're close to the end here. Yeah. And you get you hear that you hear that radio between, like, Sang and Reno. Or, and, and then you, you the helicopters are flying yeah. over. You can see the pillar in the background. You actually hear that version of the Turks music that's, like, the that big orchestral, and you get that boom, boom, boom. Yeah. <laughs> and you're, like, running towards, and you're just, like, running across these these train, and you're, like, you're speeding towards the pillar, and I'm just yeah. like, oh, my God, they are building this so well. Yeah. And then you turn a corner, and you're back to ghost shit again. Yeah. And I'm just thinking, like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like. One boss was enough for that section of the game. And then let alone, like, yeah, they just lost momentum. So much momentum. And then it extra pissed me off because that is the boss that I got stuck on for, like, two yeah. hours. <laughs> and that sucks, and I, man. I, it, was it was because I, I skipped the Corneo Coliseum. I know it's because, oh, yeah. because I was just under-leveled, and then my fucking AIs just wouldn't keep themselves alive. Yeah. And I was just like, fuck this fight. I'm yeah. just going to go to easy mode, and I'm going to get through this shit. Yeah. <laughs> Man, what what was was that your hardest boss? Um Yes. Yeah. For me, like the hardest boss was strange by far was the Hell House on hard. That's what most people say, but you know what? I've never died to the Hell House. Yeah, and like the thing is, I think I beat it the first time, maybe the second time on my first playthrough. And like but like nothing Throughout the entire game, again, I didn't do all of the, all of the like VR missions and all the, the, you know, Corneo mission stuff. Yeah. But like, no boss on the first in my first playthrough killed me more than twice. And then like, for some reason, the Hell House on hard my second time through, like, I had to do it a dozen times. The it's not even that. It's not even that the that Elagor in the train graveyard killed me so many times. It's that 
it was such a long fight. Yeah. And he killed me at the very end of the fight every single time. Yeah. And I just got like, I just fought you for a half hour again. And yeah. now I have to start over. And like, that's the kind of shit that like, I appreciate how cool these boss fights were, but like, when you've been well, fighting a, a lot single of very, boss yeah. for like 20 plus minutes, and then it cheap shots you at the end. I think, like it, yeah. That just the the maddest I got when I was playing the game was that like very end Bahamut fight when the three things emerged like merged to become Bahamut. Yeah, because like I was doing all right, and then it just like it inter it interrupted a couple of like cure spells and then revive spells, and it just like kept interrupting me, and so like it just my my party just dropped way too quickly. And then, you know, you die, and I'm just like, okay, so I just got to do that fight again. But I have to go all the way back to the beginning of that fight, and I was, I was so mad. Oh, yeah, because it's a, a super obnoxious fight. It was, like, and I think it, it took to a good those... 20, 25 minutes to get back to yeah. where I was. You have to fight those fucking, those whisper yeah. figments over and over and over again, and then you kill them, and then they come right back, and then yeah. you kill them again, and they come... Right back, and then you fight them one at a time, and then they turn into Bahama, and then you have to fight them again after they're Bahama. Yep. And you're just like, holy shit, dude. <laughs> like, I... yeah. Uh, and and it, it that that probably added to my anger when I like I I should yeah. you not. I kind of wish I would have streamed this game because like my reaction when I got to. Sephiroth on the highway was just rage. Like, yeah. I was screaming. I was like, why the fuck is this happening? <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't want to fight Sephiroth right now. Oh, we're in Advent Children. Cool, this is Advent <laughs> Children now. This is yeah. literally Advent Children. And and yeah. I, it would have been fun to have captured that on camera, but yeah. <laughs> Moments lost. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure the future games will piss us off, too. Don't worry. Which is funny because like I was so I was so glowingly in love with the rest of that game and oh, it just yeah. turned on a dime yeah. at the end. Right. And I just like looking back I do like the ending a lot more than I gave it credit the first Oh yeah. Time. I still yeah. don't like Zack being back alive. I don't like that. I really hate Biggs being back alive. But I the killing destiny thing I'm, I it's grown on me a little bit. Yeah. And you know, I I think from a from a dev standpoint, I'm sure that was a super fun ending to make. You know, that's oh, something. Oh sure, and it was cool. Like it was really. Oh fun. yeah, yeah. Like if you're just they, watching it and you're not emotionally invested in how the yeah. story goes, like it's just they fun they to got it they got a chance to really you know get flashy and you know do yeah. the fun stuff that's I think is really fun for developers and artists and creators. You know, to just make really fun shit flying around and. You know, fights where that and are just part of, and part of I think what was a little annoying to me is like all the cool shit where you're like hopping from rooftop to rooftop and cutting through buildings. I was like, this almost feels like this was like literally copy pasted from Kingdom Hearts two, yeah, because this exact same sequence like exists in like the that like world without end or whatever. It's yeah, called. yeah, with like, like the Riku last and Sora, and... yeah, yeah. And I was just like, this is almost like beat by beat. <laughs> this sequence yeah it's like did you guys literally just take the code from this scene and like, <laughs> put it into this game yeah and i just remember thinking like this would be cool if i hadn't like seen it before almost identically yeah 
And then the all the cool shit that Sephiroth does is literally the exact same shit that he does in Advent in Children. Children. Like, when yeah. he like raises his hand up and all of Midgar like crumbles to the sky. It's yeah. like and then he starts throwing neat, the buildings at you. We've verbatim seen this before. Yeah. Like it's 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 like they just they really wanted to let you know, like, if there was any doubt, this is Advent Children Sephiroth. Yeah. Which I don't like Advent Children Sephiroth. Yeah, I, like, it's, I it's don't think that was the best move even if even if i mean maybe like say they teased it i don't know i don't know never mind that wouldn't have been any better and just like revealed it in later games that it was actually advent children sephiroth i don't yeah. think I, that would I mean, have been also, any better like do we have two sephiroths now like is the rest of the well, game is there going to be like the Sephiroth? because obviously I, we still have sephiroth at northern crater yeah and, and then and then there's another sephiroth like flying around like trying to like I assume there's like Stop. three now. You know, there's Sephiroth at Northern Crater. There's the Sephiroth that killed. Well, no, because I guess. Ah, uh, oh, fuck. I don't know, man. I don't know. Well, because all the Sephiroths that like do shit through most of the game are just the tattoo guys. Yeah. Like, dis like just in Genova. Disguised as Sephiroth because Genova can like make anybody anybody, really. Yeah. And. My interpretation of all has always been that, like, it's really Genova more so than Sephiroth that is the antagonist of Final Fantasy VII. It's just Sephiroth is the symbol that Genova uses to, like, really create an emotional connection within Cloud and Tifa. Yeah. But also just because he, like, strikes fear in, like, the hearts of everyone across the world. Yeah. So that, like, Sephiroth is this perfect symbol of this, like, because he died, like, espousing Genova's rise. Yeah. So that when Genova, like, took a form, she would take the form of Sephiroth. Also because he had, like, infused with her in the life stream. And there was, like, a bunch of reasons. But, like, I, I considered Genova to be, like, the main agent in the story. Yeah. More so than Sephiroth, who's just kind of asleep at Northern Crater through the yeah. entire game. Yeah, yeah. Um, but now Sephiroth is very much Sephiroth, and he seems to have not only defeated time, but the very nature of what a video game is. So, yep. he's in some meta fight with, like, the world, which only serves to make him, like, the most badass video game villain ever, that he's even going to destroy the nature of the structure of the game itself. Yeah. But, is that cool, or is that dumb? I don't know. Time uh, will tell. Time will tell. I ju it just makes me think of that that video of I forget the guy's name that you showed me where like he's he's going through like with Kingdom Hearts and like telling the the natural progression of a story and like there's twelve points that every story needs to hit and then he's like oh wait no wait there's this oh, the, the polygon guy what's his I forget yeah uh, yeah but he and then he's like oh wait a second you know there's this other Kingdom Hearts game so we have to tie the story in here and then that that whole thing and then Kingdom just, Hearts is a total mess yeah yeah. And then that line he gives at the end is so good, which you should watch that video. I'm not going to I'm not going to ruin that video for you, but it's really good. Go look it up. Um, yeah. I would love to see him do something on Final Fantasy VII. Yeah. I haven't seen he hasn't done, done any videos. I, I don't. Yeah, I don't really follow him. Like I've been following a lot of like Final Fantasy VII people. You know, another someone else you should look up. Um, Minmax. Have you heard of them? They do a thing M -I -N -M -A -X. called the deepest. M I N M A X. M I N N M A X. Um, they do a thing called 
the deepest dive. Min Max show. Yeah. Okay. And they go through about five chapters Welcome at a time and talk about it for like two hours. Yeah. And like the the guy who runs the show has a lot of like energy and charisma. He used to work for Game Informer, I think. Um, but really, really fun to watch. Like, oh, well, there's and, a and lot they, of Final Fantasy stuff here. Yeah, and they also played through all of Dirge's Cerberus too, which is just funny. Yeah, just to like build up to this game, and it's a struggle. Oh, <laughs> I uh, I have seen some of these guys with like in in podcasts doing just podcasts with other people yeah. they, they look familiar I've, I've seen them before um their 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 deep dives are really good yeah like i um oh i just thought like they um they really nailed some of the things that i think nobody else because as much as i liked uh resident arc as yeah. much as i liked their stuff they were almost too negative for me yeah like the the main guy yeah because the, the main guy and then that one like academic guy like really yeah. hated this game yeah and like and, did like, you watch the like or listen to like the second part of the podcast the one that was just them just and them not, like not night sky prince and the other guy. yeah did yeah. you listen? Yeah, and I, yeah, I, I did. They, they they had some good points, and I'm glad I listened to it. But like, it was pretty dry as well. And like you said, they were yeah. very negative, too they negative. Were very negative. And I thought, like, I, I mean, I, it, at first it was kind of nice hearing the things that they were saying, um, because I had heard so many podcasts of the sort where people were just talking about, I think this is great, and I'm yeah. just like. Yeah. No, it isn't great. It isn't great. <laughs> Be honest. Like. <laughs> yeah. No, like I love Night Sky and and Soldier First Class like he, take on it like. Night they... Night Sky, honestly, way back in the day, I'm talking like 20, 2017, I remember yeah. he was fucking making videos like once a week about the Final Fantasy VII remake. Yeah. Back when the rest of us were like, dude, this game's not happening. Yeah. Just like <laughs> Square Enix threw that trailer out. There was nothing. Yeah. And he was just, God bless his fucking heart. He just yeah. would not give up on this game. And I remember there was a period of time where I found him so incredibly annoying just because of his like, his demeanor and like his just optimism and his just like, Oh yeah, everything like Screenings does is great, but like I respect his integrity. Of all the people who were like majorly visible, um, kind of commentators on just this game, yeah, I think he has come out with the most honest take, yeah, on like how he feels about this game, yeah. Where I think a lot of people, and no, no, no disrespect to any like influencers in the final fantasy 7 community but i think a lot of these people who are become a little bit closer to the developers are hyper aware that they are being watched and so they are they feel a pressure whether they even realize it or not to, to say positive things rather than negative things and try to like be very optimistic yeah when if they didn't have that pressure and if they weren't in such a spotlight, I think they would be a lot more honest about how they really feel about some of these things. Because think, yeah. I've seen some people to make some huge stretches, yeah. some huge leaps to try to make this ending like cohesive when I really just think 
if it is brilliant, we're missing pieces because like what we have right now is not brilliant. It's a mess. And, and I'm willing to accept because of how good the rest of the game is that they have a plan and this may come together and be really, really, really good. But right now, it's a sloppy finish yeah. to a really good game. I agree wholeheartedly. And I, I hope those optimists are right, but I'm just not as optimistic as they are. Yeah, and I appreciate it. We need the optimism. We need yeah, people yeah. to like. Oh, did I lose you? All right, you back? Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. I think we can wrap it. Yeah. We talked about this for several, several, several hours. Yeah. Which I needed and I wanted. <laughs> and now we got to call it. Yep, yep. All right, man. This was fun. I love doing this. And and I I, I do hope we do stuff like this in the future. Yeah, we were I talking about... I want to continue to do this. Yeah, episode. possibly doing like a regular thing with Jorgs. Um, I don't think we would do stuff this long. Um, no. This is this is I mean this is just it's a special game and it deserves special attention so. But I'm all, I'm all for like if if we find a game that we're all mutually interested in and we all want to play and then do another one of these though I think that'd be really cool. Yeah, yeah. Or just find something like smaller that we can do shorter. Yeah, because we we were even talking about doing like TV shows and stuff and. Yeah. We'll see where it goes. Cool. All right, brother. Thanks, man. I'll see you soon. Bye.